I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up? Hello, and welcome to Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast with your friends Dog and Bone, aka Shinbone <laughs> and Lev Dog, aka Andrew Levins, which is me. And I'm Siobhan Coombs. AKA Bone. Call Thank her Bone. <laughs> call me Bone, guys. Like uh, Bones, like the TV show. Call, yeah, just call her the TV show Bones. Yeah, call me the TV show. Hey, Bones, Bones season two. And she'll be like, oh, that's me. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> what happened in Bones? Sum it up. I assume it's still going. Oh, really? Oh. Did you say what happened to it or what happens in it? What happened in it? Well, I what happened what, in never it? Watched, I've never watched uh, Bones. Uh, crimes? Oh, it's crimes, right. right? Why do they call it crimes? That's a good point. <laughs> um, every week, every week, besides uh, <laughs> delivering sizzling hot takes on uh, long-time, uh, like, you know, classic television shows. I think classic. I don't know. Syn- long-time syndicated yeah. TV shows that no it's one It's like that in NCIS. You're like, how's it still going? <laughs> Should we do this for the entire episode? Aunts. Answers why it's still going. Everyone's <laughs> auntie loves NCIS. Um, we review all of the comics that came out last week and let you know which are the good ones, which are the bad ones, uh, and which are the ones that you should be reading or the ones that you should be dropping. Mm. Um, and uh, we do that by breaking down uh, all of the groups into we, we all the Marvel books, the DC books, the Image books, the other books, and we kick off the show with all of the number ones that came out last week. Uh, every single comic book that we talk about on the show it was uh, given to us by the good people at King's Comics in Sydney, which you can uh, find, should you ever find yourself in Sydney, at 310 Pitt Street. Um, if you want to go online and see the incredible uh, list of stock that they have, most of which is on sale at the moment. There's a, we have a lot of um, amazing trades up at massively reduced prices. It's super worthwhile. There are some like especially the Marvel section, mm-hmm. there's some really incredible stuff, uh, and we're also bringing over a whole bunch of stuff from the warehouse at the moment. Yep, and it is so worthwhile trolling the warehouse finds tab because there is some there's some good shit in there, guys. The elusive uh, owner of King's Comics, George, told us to sizzle, <laughs> Siz- sizzle that there's a lot of stuff from the warehouse coming out. If you like soon. Punisher Christmas specials. Have I got a tab on a website for you? I just saw one on, yeah. when I walked through the store. Looks yep. pretty good. I'm an idiot who likes old Christmas specials. So I, I might come out of here significantly poorer than when I walked in. I love Christmas specials. But yeah, all of the, the weird specials and the regular stock can be found at kingscomics.com. Go check it out. The shipping is pretty good too. Yeah. Um, this episode of Serious Issues is brought to you by one of our Patreon members, and her name is Daniela Alvalino. Um, or, oh no, is that like a, like a silent L maybe? Oh, I don't know. Or two silent Ls. Oh, God. Is her name Daniela Avellino? <laughs> <I'd>, probably not. <laughs> 
It seems massively unlikely. But uh, Daniela is uh, a Texan. Um, yeah. And a, a big part of our online uh, Kings, uh, sorry, Series Issues community. Mm-hmm. Uh, regular contributions to comic books and comic book movies and mm-hmm. her uh, very good opinions of both. Agreed. Thank you so much for supporting the Just show, Daniela. Um, sorry that I either nailed or did not nail your entire name. But that's that's part of the course. When, when you sign up, you know that there's 95% chance that I'm going to fuck your name up live <laughs> on air. One of the members of um, Queens of Kings last night offered to record herself because she's Russian, uh, saying Stepan Shedjik's yeah, name yep. for us so that we could just play it. Oh, wow. Amazing. <laughs> Drop like, it in like, all like the time. Well. Was I close? Stepan Sejic? No. Great. I mean, <laughs> not the way. I mean, who's to say she's correct? But <laughs> it was different. <laughs> different to how you said it. Well, luckily he didn't do any art on any of the books this week. You. Um, but he is one of the uh, people that has uh, been nominated mm-hmm. for Best Artist in our Serious Issues Awards, which uh, we will be recording shortly after this episode, and that episode will be going up uh, on Christmas Day. Oh my God, what a treat for everyone, sitting around with your families, listening to us. Talk about the best comics of the year. What else? What could be more like Christmas? Yeah, just light some candles, mm. eat some puddings. Lovely. And listen to that, us talk about some good comics. <laughs> <laughs> a new tradition. Uh, but before we even talk about the uh, Christmas festivities we've got to get through this week first and we've got to review all of last week's comics starting with all the number ones um and uh, we've got some christmas themed comics to kick off with this is first things first we review all of the number ones that came out last week uh let's start with all the christmas specials shall we oh, and I'm, no. I'm, I'm gonna count one that isn't really one but i think it kind of is okay um but we'll get to that in a minute um did you read the wicked and the divine christmas annual no not well uh siobhan I know I look, I, I always have to point out to you when you've missed a, uh, a good dong. Oh, in, yeah. In a comic. You know, this was already pointed out to me. Someone, <laughs> someone, someone pointed out these dongs someone to you? Someone told me that there was um, a good dong scene. Yeah. What do you think? Great. Great dongs? Jamie McKelvey is one of the best. Well, oh, no, it's it, not Jamie McKelvey. It's Chris Anker. It's Chris Anker. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Chris Anker, who we were about to, uh, like later in the episode, uh, rave for his incredible depictions mm-hmm. of the Runaways characters. Also, draws dongs. Incredible, erect dongs. <laughs> Christopher Anker is on the list I keep in my head of people I would like to do a Marvel swimsuit special. Yeah, we, we talked about it last week. We, yep. pitched, we pitched the perfect comic. Yep. Um, which is, yeah, the the, yeah. The, 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 the the swimsuit, all these wonderful dongs. Maybe, maybe no swimsuit. Don't even need a swimsuit. Just, Just a nude beach. <laughs> nude be- <laughs> Marvel nudist beach. <laughs> They're going for a really different audience. Comics aren't for kids anymore, guys. Is it bad? They got that, dongs. Is it bad that I point out all the dongs to you? Is that I, why I, is that? Why would that be I, bad? I, it's a nice tradition. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's nice. I it's like it. Make, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and it's like you know, it's all kinds. It's, I can't believe it's, we didn't do best dongs. We do. We do straight. Oh my god! What's, what do we do? There are good ones this year. I, I mix it up too. I point out straight dongs, yep. old dongs, gay, gay dongs. In this case, bi dongs. Bi dongs. Yeah. Hey, Shimon. Twenty seventeen, guys. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna. Week. I'm gonna let Bidongs be Bidongs, <laughs> <laughs> and talk about what actually happened in this episode, in this issue Great. of the Wicked and Divine uh, Christmas Special. Um, every now and then, they uh, the creators Kieran Gillen and uh, Jamie McKelvey. Um, well, basically, Kieran gives Jamie a break of, of some oh, sort nice. and, and brings in a bunch of other great artistic talent in to tell kind of shorter stories or very different stories, either um, set within this current iteration of the gods uh, that we see in the Wicked and Divine, who are pop stars with mm-hmm. god, god, god-like powers um, and followers, or, or we'll see you know, the gods in some other point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is all basically like a, a Christmas special. This is uh, the, he's taken part, parts of uh, the gods' lives that they 
where they felt happiness. Oh, beautiful. Um, and it's because it's, this is the wicked and divine, it's mostly bittersweet happiness. Mm. Um, and there's uh, still a lot of death. There's a lot of fucking. Um, and there's some um, wonderful art in here. Um, I have to point out that um, Matt Wilson, of course, is the mm-hmm. regular colorist on this, and he does a lot of the coloring too. But one of our favorites, Tamara Bond Villain, is, uh, is the colorist on the other oh, on some other ones. And yeah, it's really, really great. Beautiful. Um, very good to see the change up in, in, uh, in the art, but still seeing, you know, what such strong character designs McKelvey's done. You know, he's one of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to that stuff so all the characters are still very rec- recognizable in spite of looking quite different to how they normally look lovely yeah um, but a cool little issue um, with dongs nice um, what's more Christmassy dongs <laughs> than dongs um, ding oh, was it harky or the bells ding Listen, dong merrily on high ding dong merrily on high that's good too alright cool so many different so many potential things that we can name this episode <laughs> um, I read an Archie Christmas spectacular oh I didn't What's wrong? You're the Archie one. Yeah, You're I the one with the Jughead uh, tattoo. Yeah. No dongs in this issue. What? <laughs> um, but um, it's one of those things. I I, I pick these up because I have one of them, and you know I guess I like Archie comics a lot, especially mm. the kind of the more modern ones that we've been getting. Yeah. The different ideas uh, that we've seen Archie put out, but this is just a straight up classic mm. kind of Archie strip style format. Um, you know, short story, comic, all this goofy bullshit happening with them trying to set up Christmas decorations. There are actual elves that show up in this. Yeah. Um, and you've got some decent people working on here, um, like Tom DeFalco um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Dan Parent. Mm. Um, people, names that I recognize from the Archie Archie books, but um, overall it's like mostly completely forgettable. Yeah. Um, Half the time I feel like the the current Archie stuff that is still done in the like Dan DiCarlo strip style is either like the the issue will be fifty percent reprints, and then the rest of it will be like a pretty forgettable story by the yeah. current yeah, so creators. I think there's definitely one classic story at the very back, but the the bulk of it is uh, is all, is all new stuff. Mostly, it had me just missing Ty Templeton, who is the mm. writer of Your Pal Archie, and I think he's doing really strong writing. I'm um, still doing in that classic Archie format with the just enough modernization and uh, kind of, you know, the way he stretches stories out over two issues. You're a bit more invested than this mm. kind of like almost throwaway nature of this comic that I will never read again mm. because it's got no dongs in it. It's got no dongs, but we did recreate the cover of that issue with Jim and Scott and Talia from Kings. What about page four of The Wicked and Divine? <laughs> um, <laughs> Look. There's only so far I can push Jim. You have before no. I mean, he look, really snaps. You you currently have on the king's desk. Um, it's a bizarre product. It's a it's a it's a like a cardboard tube that says Deadpool's hot sauce on it. Oh yeah yeah yeah. You could use those as the dongs. Yes, absolutely. But more, I mostly bring it up because why isn't there just hot sauce in it? It's actually like a it's an umbrella. Yeah. For some reason, the new thing that um all like companies have decided that we want is umbrellas so we have a lot of novelty umbrellas at king's at the moment and one of them looks like hot sauce and if it actually was hot sauce we would sell 100 percent more of them because yeah. people come in and they're like oh deadpool themed hot De- sauce deadpool yeah. chimichanga and then we're like, sauce of course nah, yeah that's nah, an umbrella and you just don't need that many umbrellas in there Sydney. definitely is like a like the, the the pie chart of or is it whatever some kind of graph that shows uh, <laughs> men who like comics that also like, like to pretend to like that they like hot sauce yeah, yeah. Do you, like we, me I love hot sauce yeah Jim loves hot sauce Jim hot sauce um, Wayne who you've heard on the show a couple times uh, wants to love hot sauce really bad he's like the little puppy <laughs> that that follows all the other dogs he's like oh can I have some too can I have but some it, too but like, it huh? really upsets him like that's t- the tiniest amount will like put, put, send it, put, it, put him on the floor yeah it's, 
Very, very funny. Um, so make sure you, uh, I don't know, try and sneak hot sauce into his food somehow should you ever come visit us at King's. He does like to... Wayne loves pranks. <laughs> which is like, he loves to be pranked too. So yeah. he wouldn't be too upset even if you sent him to hospital. Yeah. Like he's got, yeah, he's got, ho- he's got a family though. So don't, don't send him to hospital. Send him just, hospital. Just send him to a local GP. Yeah. Easy. Um, so this next comic is not strictly a Christmas one, but uh, it's a story with religious overtones, mm. and uh, it's, it, it has Jesus in it. It's got Jesus. What's more Christmassy than Jesus? Um, well, this is, this is this is more of an Easter comic though, because yes. this ties in to uh, the death of Jesus. This is a comic called Judas, um, and it's written by Jeff Loveness, who we have previously enjoyed uh, on that very very underrated Nova run mm. uh, that was coming out this time last year with uh, Ramon Perez on art. Slightly he, different vibe for he, this series. He also did that aw- an awesome book uh, more recently, The Name of Which Escapes Me. It was like in space. Uh, it came out through... Um, uh, I can't even remember. came out through um, Aftershock Comics. Okay. It was very good. Uh, it had incredible art. Anyway, not to worry. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. About the dead planets The and dead stuff? planets. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like one person listening right now going, ooh, 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 because no one else wrote it. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Jeff Lovers is a great writer, and uh, he did a, uh, a comic for Boom Studios that came out last week, um, issue number one, with art by Jacob Rebelka. Um, it's called Judas. It's a miniseries of four issues, I assume. This is uh, one dash four. Um, and... Uh, Basically, the the kind of tagline is every story needs a villain, mm-hmm. um, and this is like kind of a story about Judas and his point of view, mm-hmm. what he the way he viewed Jesus. Basically, you know, if Jesus could perform all these miracles, then why was the rest of the world the way it was? Why mm. was there suffering if Jesus was able to stop it? Stop it. Absolutely. And why did Jesus set Judas up for this fall? The whole time, if he knew Judas was going to betray him, why did he let it happen? Sort of thing. Yeah, and so this we we half of this is set um, as we see kind of like the the big events of the latter part of the the New Testament leading up to Jesus' death from Judas's point of view, um, the famous Last Supper scene, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with the Bible or, or the, the musical Jesus Christ Superstar, mm-hmm. this will be you know definitely in your wheelhouse. Um, but uh, we then see kind of what happens after. Basically, this opens with him committing suicide. Yeah. Um, and, and where does Judas end up and what's going to happen is where this book is going to take us next. I think that uh, I really enjoyed this issue. Yeah, me too. This, this is my favorite foot number one of the week for sure. Jacob Rebelka's or Jakub? Anyway, Rebelka's um, art, especially his like designs <laughs> for hell. Look, you've got to give us at least some credit. Even if we realize what we've said may have been wrong, we at least give it a crack. <laughs> Even if what we say might be even Jacob, more wrong. Jacob, Jacob, Rebelka, whatever. <laughs> um, but his designs for hell especially, it's so like stark and striking and uh, sort of tonally different to any other depiction of hell that I think I've seen. And the scary monsters are very scary. Um, but he did a good job. In a, in a you know, it, what's cool about this is that at no point is uh, Judas ever in a place where you're like, oh no, this is better than hell. Mm. Like everywhere he is in looks kind of ugly and grim. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a uh, like the, the colors in this book are, are very very good. Yeah, yeah, this is a very very good book. It is very interesting. It has, I think, it brings up some really interesting ideas and concepts, and um, it's a cool story, and it's not like many other things. He's an interesting character, absolutely, as well. and I think this depiction of him as well, and like you know, really it being being narrated by him is is really compelling. Mm. Uh, give this one a shot, even if you are not uh, 
like even if you've not been religiously Christian at any point in your life, like I think this story is it's it's a kind of story of betraying someone that you've been following, mm, someone that you love. Yeah, um, it's a, it's a it's a really really interesting story. I'm looking forward to seeing where it, where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. And so is our special guest, mysterious beeping. <laughs> Um, also out this week, we had an image book, a new number one uh, of uh, the second ed- like edition, I guess, the second oh, volume of Rumble. This is a John Arcudi book. Um, and it, the previous artist on this book was, oh God, I can't even remember. Um, oh, I, can, I reckon it's really thing. He, he recently did the Seven to Eternity fill-ins um, and he was also on Thor recently too. Um, do, 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 do. James Harron was the previous artist on this but um, at the end of the last volume he moved on to other things specifically <laughs> Seven to Eternity and Thor um, and uh, we now see a, a new artist um, someone who we're quite a big fan of on the show David Rubin lovely um, and uh, this book is Ooh. just just an absolute delight to look through I think what I love about Rubin's art so much I mean we've seen him I guess most recently on Black Hammer and the Black Hammer um, Sherlock Frankenstein spinoff mm-hmm. we saw him on Ether. Um, but his his art is like equally the the very very like um, detailed kind of Jeff Darrow James Stokoe style while also being the incredibly simplistic Mike Ulred mm. and um, Andrew who's the guy who does Headlopper McLean Andrew McLean yeah that that kind of uh, simple pop art pop art kind of mm. style at the same time he flicks between the two really effortlessly and um, even just looking at the art in this book is fantastic but character designs are so incredible so there's good. so much variety in his work yeah and that was all like james harron but yeah he's he's kind of developed them into his own kind of he's put his own spin on them so it doesn't really feel like he's doing like a uh, a cover song mm. of uh, of uh, james harron's art it definitely feels like a rubin book and his panel layouts like it's so good I think that's one thing I'm going to try and do over Christmas and all that like time that I think exists that doesn't <laughs> um, is uh, like I, I could not believe it. This is the last episode we do before Christmas. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I can't believe Christmas is in one week. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I haven't bought shit. No, me neither. No one in my family is getting presents. My son wants a bike. Where do you buy a bike from? <laughs> What's a bike? Where are bikes? <laughs> if I just remove two of my car, two of my car wheels, <laughs> is that a bike? <laughs> Will it trick him? Can I fit my car in half? In our house beneath the Christmas tree. Is it easy to just teach him to drive? (laughs) So many questions. Uh, But one question that I can give you the answer to is, should I be reading Rumble? Yes, you should. Because um, John Arcudi has done a great job of catching you up on what's happened so far. And for the most part, I don't think you would be very lost, which is where I got in the last book because James Harron, I guess his art took a little bit longer than usual. So Mm -hmm. there were quite a lot of delays in the last volume. And I kind of got quite lost towards the end and this this does a great job of reminding me what's happened and who the characters are and what's to come cool yeah very very cool book um of basically it's about um a, a demon demons on on earth and this one demon in particular um uh led a revolt against all the monsters and um they ended up like imprisoning him um but he escaped um only his soul escaped though and so they still someone has his heart someone has his body and cool. his soul at, at the start of the Rumble series was like inhab- he inhabited like a scarecrow, and but it was that scarecrow wielding this enormous sword. Nice. Um, it's great. It's violent. It's fun. Check out Rumble. It's a good book. Cool. Um, through Dark Horse this week, um, we had a book by the Valderrama brothers, um, who Siobhan is a big fan of. I love them. Carlos and Miguel did the story, art, and lettering of this book entitled Giants. 
Um, and this is a, a, almost like a kaiju book. Well, yes. They're tribute to a kaiju movie. Um, and uh, what's it about, Siobhan? It's about a dystopian future with kaiju. Yep. yep. What else? And there's people who live underground, and then there's people who live on the surface, like Elysium. And <laughs> then there's also kaiju. Are we gonna? Are we gonna like? <laughs> gonna reference Elysium in every episode. Perfect. Sounds great. I'll never watch it. I'll just live through your references. It's not good. It's not a good movie. <laughs> um, I really like this issue though. This was cool. Yeah, this was fun. I like the uh, the the main characters, the two younger brothers. Yep. Who uh, get in? Are they brothers? Yeah. They're trying so. to. Well, uh, the brothers are like little buddies, but they're trying to be- join a gang so that they can get some safety and some respect in the terrible underground city that they live in. And, you know, it's hard enough in the underground city, but there's only tales of what happens above. And so when they finally become face-to-face with what's up there, it's terrifying because you see it from their view, point Mm -hmm. of view, and the things up there are much bigger than they are. They're giant, in fact. Kaiju-esque, even. Um, And uh, I really loved the use of, like, like onomatopoeia in this, Mm -hmm. how they incorporated all the words into the... um, into the art really well. Mm-hmm. A big thump and booms, etc. kind of work in, worked into the art in a really cool way. Um, yeah, this is a great book. I'm, I'm gonna, definitely going to be following this. Yeah, good fun. Really lovely art, really great colors as well. Giants by the Valderrama Brothers. Looking forward to saying that name all the time. I might even yeah. roll some R's at some point. Oh, cool. Hopefully not. I look forward to that. Um, through Aftershock this week, we had a book by Paul Allure, who recently finished uh, the Clue miniseries ah, that Siobhan was the only person in the world who read all of. I um, was. And uh, this also featured art by Chris um, Evan Huiz. Um, no, just, just dogged that one 100%. Merry Christmas, Chris. Um, <laughs> and this book is called Monstro Mechanica. Um, More monsters, guys. More monsters. But this is, uh, features a character from history. Maybe you heard of him. Leonardo da Vinci. There you go. The inventor, Tell me more about this, Leonardo. The painter. The Ninja Turtle. <laughs> the smug jerk, apparently, according to this comic. Um, I, I'm pretty sure this is like, yeah, I, I think Hickman depicted him as a jerk too. Actually, no, I think Hickman was quite, he was like a dreamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is a, a different take on da Vinci. Um, da Vinci the dick. Da Vinci the, the code man. Yeah. Because Da Vinci Code. Ah. The beloved book that I've never read. Me neither. But I saw um, the... Disney version, the Nick Cage, like that National Treasure, that was the rip of the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> it's a pretty good movie. National Treasure is a good movie. Yeah, yeah. It's a good movie. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this is this is kind of like about um, Da Vinci who is like making robots um, and he has a um, female apprentice that everyone nobody approves of because she dresses like a boy. She wears pants. It's wrong. You're wearing pants right now. I am wearing pants right now. It's comfy. But you are my apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> Who's our robot? Jim. Jim. Jim's the robot. Jim, Great. you're my robot. And I'm the smug. We're slowly I'm... teaching him how to think and feel for himself, <laughs> um, which is what is happening in this comic, where Da Vinci has made like a um, automaton, I suppose mm. you'd call it, and he's like Da Vinci's like, no, it's an it. It doesn't think for itself, but the apprentice is secretly teaching it to think and feel for itself, so that when Da Vinci either destroys or saves the world, the robot will be there to help him. It's cool. I think this is a cool concept. Yeah. And meanwhile, there are like different people from uh, like uh, town and country that are trying to enlist Da Vinci to uh, make evil um, things to defend the city and Mm -hmm. like also do crimes for them and stuff like that. There's assassins and the Medicis and a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Religious Um, people. Yeah, it's cool. And I quite enjoyed the art by... 
Chris, oh boy. Mm. Evenhui? Yeah, I that's think that's probably right. Evenhui? Even H-U-I-S. Hui? Evenhui. Hmm. It's pretty. It rolls off the tongue. It's a nice name. Um, do you reckon, oh, Jim reckons, our, our robot Jim reckons it's even house. I think that's, I would be surprised if that's what it was. Dumb robot. Dumb robot. Uh, teach him how to think and feel better. Yeah, this is a classic um, uh, comic that Aftershock puts out where I'm like just interested enough to keep reading more yeah. issues and I'll undoubtedly fall off after issue three. Agreed. Cool prediction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally, I read a, a new to great, um, a Static's Press. This is the um, Titan comics. Uh, basically, they, they reprint some fantastic European comics under this imprint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we got a, a new book called Under, Scourge of the Sewer. This week, written by Stefano Raphael. Art by w- Stefano Raphael. Oh, art by Stefano Raphael, with, uh, and r- r- written by Christophe Beck, and colours by Christian Favrel. Um, Incredible James to co cover. Yeah, he did, that, that, that's cool. Brandon Graham did like a cover for the, 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 beautiful, uh, the beautiful Death. Uh, um, like, and so they, they do get that? very, very cool um, uh, artists that we really like to do variants for this. In fact, James Stucco did the. Um, Oh. The, the issue two on Kuo too. It looks very, very fun and gruesome. Um, but this book is basically about um, uh, the sewers beneath... Um, Megalopolis. Megalopolis. Uh, and as you can imagine, it's an amalgamation of all of the biggest cities of the world with blimps and big old towers and all kinds of pollution and terrible politicians. But beneath it all are the sewers that hold the city together. And the sewer police who they're, patrol its waters. That's right. Um, and uh, there have been uh, some disturbing reports of monsters and, and weird mutated beings beneath <laughs> the sewers. So um, they send... A zoology student, Miss Yateman. A sexy zoology student. Um, from Megalopolis University <laughs> to investigate the reports of the unusual animals. And um, what we see is this big twisting epic of, uh, of like all kinds of horror beneath in the sewers. Yeah. I mean, I think my favorite bit of this was when the mayor, who is like a cigar smoking walking cliche, is like, look... There has never been giant spiders in the sewer. There never will be giant spiders in the sewer. You're crazy. He's definitely getting eaten by a giant spider. No, but then he sends someone to go kill the giant spiders. He just didn't want... If he he dealt with it the official way, the press would have found out. So he sends his own guys. (laughs) This was kind of terrible, right? In like a But in like a um, grindhouse kind of B-movie kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Like really... I was totally fine. Like I love grindhouse-y... B movie stuff, but this was just like a little bit too like ticked all the cliche boxes for me. Yeah. A little bit too much, like the the sad um, sewer policeman who like has a sordid past or something. Yeah, uh, now who fucks the zoologist? Yeah, yeah. Who's and her whole character arc is just wanting to be taken seriously as a scientist because she's a woman, and then she's like, "Hey, last night got out of hand." I know that we fucked, but it's just this one time. And he's like, please, let's be professional in front of the other sewer police. Um, I, what I love is what leads to them having sex is uh, yeah. he comes back to her house and she shows him um, her, like, tarantula. Um, no, sorry, her, her Miguel Goliath spider, 11 inches wide, and then feeds it a rat. And then, Hot. And then he says, makes you think, doesn't it? And, and then, then she goes, it. it really does. <laughs> and then they start making out and then they're having sex. It's like one panel later. That's how you get the ladies. Show them 
Well, just lo- look at no, look at their spiders. <laughs> yeah, look at the spiders. Look at their spiders. And That's all in. we want is for you to pay attention to our spiders. I also liked the big um, crocodile. The big albino, the albino crocodile. crocodile. Yeah. That, was, that was a scary monster. Well, okay, what I like, I, I, I hear all your complaints. What I like about this is that this is a book in which all the characters are going to die horribly. Mm. But a better comic would have me like those characters and feel mm. some form of remorse and be sad when they die and be like, no, 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 don't go in there. I don't like any character in here. Yeah, I'm and on the side of the spiders. I can't wait to see everyone get ripped to pieces by spiders and albino crocodiles. It's true. I did sort of enjoy this despite myself. I'm definitely going to continue with this. I really, really like all of these. Um, I mean, it's the thing, like, for as schlocky and dumb as it was, it looked incredible. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's great, you know, just classic Euro art. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, I found it quite easy to read because it's a very simple story with yeah. a lot of characters that you've seen a hundred times. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was still very enjoyable and schlocky. Yeah, I feel like it's not essential reading. Gosh, no. better examples of the form, but it's not too bad. Yeah, just in the last month alone, like, you know, um, just from the same, the same imprint, The the Beautiful Death and... Um, Which one was The Beautiful Death? Did I read it? Did I miss it? No, the Beautiful Death is the one with the, the three guys, the last men, uh, yeah, also yeah, Big yeah, Bugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, Dr. Radar as well, the second mm-hmm. issue, which comes out next week. In fact, the last issue of The Beautiful Death comes out next week too. Mm. Uh, I was going to burp, but I didn't. Nice. Uh, we have to, I have to burp every episode. Um, I also read issue one of The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest, but I feel like I don't really need to talk about that that much because it's just a continuation of the exact same Girl with the Dragon Tattoo um, series that Hard Case Crime have been putting out. The art's still great. I still recommend it if you like those, but probably read the earlier ones first. Okay. Good recommendation. Uh, now we now we come to a point in the in the show where we roll a dice to decide whether we talk about Image, Marvel, or DC next. Uh, if we roll a one to two, it's Image. Three to four, it's Marvel. Five to six is DC. Roll on that dice, and we... I put a bit of spin on it. It's taking a while. Five, so DC first, and then two, so image. So we're going to go DC, image, and finally Marvel. Cool. Uh, let's talk about DC. What have we got? What do you want? Do you want to pick the first one we talk about? Um, Should we talk about Mr. Miracle? Yeah, let's talk about Mr. Miracle. Um, this came pretty close to being another Dong Watch comic. Yeah. This um, was... Like, this is a bit of a rude comic for a mainstream. Sexy, very, very sexy, because Mr. Miracle, uh, written by Tom King with art by Mitch Gerrards, um, is all about Mr. Miracle, who is the the master of escaping. Yeah. And uh, I I can't believe they didn't see this coming, because it actually makes a lot of sense that that Big Barter, his his wife, and Mr. Miracle would be into sexual situations that he has to escape from. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was like, I thought it was so obvious that it was a bit on the nose. And this was probably like the least sexy, weirdest sex scene in comics recently. Surely. I was That's like, not a good page. The panels of Barter like on, yeah. Like I'm not someone I'm on you're record. Not I'm actively not we, someone who doesn't like sexy comics. We've said Dong 30, com- 30 times <laughs> in this episode. We're fine. But I didn't like this. It made me uncomfortable. Really? Yeah, I, I guess I kind of like. I guess you know, it's the the, the page of, of which in which you see Big Vada, you know, on top of her uh, chained yeah. up husband. It's a it's it's a, it's not the most you know sexy page, but it's it's a very you kind of get what the gist of what's happening, and you just turn the page. Yeah, it's like one of those lingering. Yeah. Yeah, it's I don't I don't know. Yeah. Also, like, what's with the weird meta moment where they go and see Jack Kirby's handprint? Like, what what universe is this in? I don't know. Why do I Does it care? Matter? I don't think you should care about that. I, know. <laughs> I, I think this is like a, a a very bizarre celebration of the new gods through Tom King, who like in theory shouldn't be writing a new gods comic, and this yeah. is what we're getting. 
I understand. I, but I also think it has nothing to do with the new gods. I think it's using the costumes of the new gods and not anything whatsoever to do with the characters. But you have like the, they're they're bound by their stupid rules. So like this this entire issue is pretty much Mister Miracle's last last day and night on Earth because Orion has sentenced sentenced him to death. That's ex- that's an extremely new gods trope. You know, yeah. These like you know these everything's been set in motion and they can't escape their fate because this is the way of the the their their will. Yeah, I don't I wish I could I wish I could put my finger on why I don't like this. I think it's so boring to ground them in reality. But it's, I think that the new yeah. gods are such a bigger concept than like going and looking at a fountain being like look at the water sparkling. They remind me of American Beauty. Like I just think it's not pr- as profound as it thinks it's being. I like that in a when even even when it's grounded in reality that you find boring they can still freak you out with a sex scene (laughs) really a really icky uncomfortable sex scene don't ruin big barter for me does he does he escape i guess so i mean it depends on your perspective (laughs) um does he really put his mask over his groin (laughs) no i think that didn't you first find that funny i find that funny but it's not funny. It's creepy, and I think it's intentionally so. The colors aren't like it's amusing. It's not amusing. It's icky as all hell. The guy thing. <laughs> Fuck you, Jim. I'm taking that out of your programming. <laughs> um, I, I, look, I, I found this this book like it's it's you know it's a head fuck for sure. But yeah. um, literally, he is fucking his own head in that panel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish. I feel like it's. I think. The issue is me, not the comic, and I don't, I can't figure it out. I think you're trying, yeah. I, think, I don't know what it is, but it just doesn't, it it just isn't for me for some reason. Yeah, I, I, this is something that I never want to read an annotated version of. I'm Ugh, happy just yeah. being my own interpretation of, of what's happening. And I know that, like, I, I've never ever read the last issue of a Tom King book and been like, oh man, I wish he gave us closure on these things. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, whatever things aren't explained in this will at least come to some satisfying conclusion at some point in the future. Mm. Um, I, I look, I, even, maybe if you didn't enjoy the, the sex scene between them, I think Big Barter is like the hero of this book. She's the only one who can take matters into her own hands and, and like I, I really, really enjoy I like their relationship. Yeah, I like the too. way that he's built up their relationship. But, I just, yeah. I don't think... Uh, if, I, if, I, if I was going to give one criticism of Mitch Gerrard's art, is I don't think he's very good at drawing female faces. I would agree with that. Well, I just, just, just her face, From that, basically. Yeah. Just big, when she's, just like, big... licking her lips in the awkward sex scene, not not good. It looks awful. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. I also think her abs look bizarre. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're going to be very disappointed. And her butt is weird. You're going to be very disappointed by who wins Best Artist. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I think. I haven't checked dis- it. I'm disappointed in you all. <laughs> So it's damn weekly planet listeners. They come on, they don't even listen to our show. They come on board, they read three comics a year, Siobhan, <laughs> and they vote on our awards. No, you're great. I'm a gatekeeper, all right? <laughs> I'm keeping the gate up at my comic book store. But you know and not all are welcome. All are welcome. Uh Mr. Miracle, issue number five of twelve. We've got seven more issues to go. Good you, lord. Do you reckon you're gonna read all of them? I don't know. Yeah, probably. Yeah, good. <laughs> that's all that's all that matters then. I have to figure out why I don't like it. <laughs> um one series that I was not expecting to love as much as I do is a series uh, which was a spin-off of the Warren Ellis. Um, sorry, my phone just. Uh, whenever I say series, series oh, really? I'm saying Siri, but oh. I'm not. I'm saying series. I do this every Monday. You should. You should I learn know, these things I, by now. Uh, I Stupid sentient. This phone. had another awkward sex scene in it. 
Yeah, very true. Uh, but uh, this is uh, the spin-off series of uh, Warren Ellis's uh, Wildstorm series. This is uh, Michael Cray featuring one of the characters from his series, uh, spinning off into his own series. Again, series going crazy. Um, uh, Brian Hill is the writer with art uh, by N. Stephen Harris. Um, and this is co-written with Warren Ellis. This basically sees um, Michael Cray being sent to take down uh, different versions of uh, beloved DC characters in his world. So uh, issue two saw him go head to head with uh, Oliver Queen, aka okay, Queen, Queen, Queen Arrow. Queen Arrow. <laughs> um, and uh, we now see him putting everything he needs together to go take down Barry Allen. It's very silly and it's very good fun. It's really, really fun. I particularly I like liked uh, the second page of this issue in which you see him um, put the, uh, the arrowhead Yes. One, of, one of Ollie's arrowheads on his trophy shelf, which contains a lot of things that I would have loved to have seen him um, collect. Um, we see, is that Aquaman's like trident um, and Wonder Woman's gauntlets? Yep. Um, Captain Boomerang's boomerang. Is that John Henry's? Um, the, mask? the yeah the, the mask oh, and maybe. The, the, like I recognize that from the New Frontier. Yeah. Um, and then Captain B, yeah, Captain Boomerang's boomerang. Oh, um, I thought that was Scarecrow. Oh anyway. yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, yeah. And someone's, someone's leg. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really fun. Just, <laughs> just thinking of all these. You know, hopefully we fill in the blanks at some point. Yeah. Um, and wow, the scary version of Barry Allen is a scary man. I like it. Yeah, and meanwhile, Michael Cray himself can't really control his powers, and the things that kind of trigger them are, are very, very odd and unlike anything I've seen in a comic before. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really, really cool, cool book, and we see him putting his team together to take down Barry Allen, and you know they're semi um aware of what they're getting themselves into Mm -hmm. um and yeah barry allen is is real fucked up (laughs) yeah it's good yeah i like this book a lot it's really great if you love different takes on dc characters like especially if you love like the injustice books Mm -hmm. i would highly recommend this michael cray series even if you don't read the Wildstorm series but to be honest you're reading that too you should um so yeah that was a great issue of uh of michael cray this week agreed um did you uh jump back on board the action comics wave i did I sure did. What a fun issue. So fun. Which sees um, Booster Gold trying to catch up with Superman uh, before he tries to save Krypton and ruin the time stream. Uh, but before what a Dan it- Jurgens book. Yeah, I know, totally. Um, but this is Dan Jurgens doing the best shit he, he does. Like, it's like, and he, he does a good booster. Does a great, great booster. That, that excellent run just after 52 was written by Dan Jurgens. Mm-hmm. Um, was great. Um, this also features art by Joe Pratt and Cam Smith. Um, and, uh, oh, wow, Dan Jurgens actually did the pencil art on this book too, oh, cool. as well as writing it. That's cool. That is cool. Um, and uh, we also see um, Booster Gold... Uh, Go like having a, having to fight with the Flash, who sees him trying to take his uh, cosmic treadmill and tries to step in. I just this is this I is just so DC much fun. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's just so good to see them all together in their in each other's comics and just having Booster Gold around. It's just just like oh it's cool, I'm, I'm gonna like this comic. Absolutely. Um, I one weird criticism I have of this is that um, like all the Superman books are just obsessed with fathers at the moment because mm. it looks like John Kent and Lois Lane have to save Lois's father. Oh God, who's been like arrested by for like war crimes or some shit <laughs> that would be amazing is that true <laughs> i hope that's true he's like he's been he's somewhere in the middle east he's been imprisoned ah, for okay, cool. the middle east i don't know somewhere somewhere that where where bad where you can just write a bad situation happening and the reader goes oh boy that must be bad <laughs> <laughs> i've heard that's terrible <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, that was a great issue of Action Comics. I'm glad we we're both still reading it. We are seven issues away from issue 1,000. Woo! Who knows what's going to happen? People were um, kill were, Superman. Well, people were actually thinking that maybe that's going to be the comic that Bendis takes over. Because oh, that would be a big momental. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. But have you heard about Bendis? He's not well. Yes, he's not well. Uh, lots of Sending with lots of positive yeah. vibes like, to the Bendis household. His like, face swelled up and he couldn't see. Yeah. It was terrifying. Um, but if you want to see, like, so, I don't know, I, 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 you know, he seems to be at least publicly dealing with it very well. And his, yeah. um, his Twitter is actually a really inspiring place at the moment. He's putting out really nice posts about uh, people that he worked with. Apparently, Matt Fraction, for example, yeah, was like by friends. his bedside for two days straight. And yeah. um, he's saying great things about Axel Alonso as an editor. And mm. Yeah. He's a lovely guy. He signed at King's. Eight, like years and years oh, ago really? I don't know we that. have some of the panels around the store actually signed by him um and his wife is an exceptionally lovely woman so sending yeah sending good thoughts good to brian bendis um i read detective comics issue 970 as did i 30 issues away from issue 1000 of this um but this one is Both uh, detective and action had um speech bubbles on the covers which yep, I all love. about it uh, but this one kind of gave away what was to come in this issue, I guess. Um, but yeah. Whatever, that's fine. Um, this is one of those kind of boring, get to the point issues of, de- of uh, Detective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you can see everybody like about to fuck everything up. A lot of exposition. Like, yeah. Uh, written by James Tinney in the fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, people complain that it sounds like we're saying James Tinney and the fourth. <laughs> he just loves Tinnies. He loves them. Um, and uh, Clayface's story arc at the moment is exceptionally heartbreaking because you just can't see it going well for the poor guy. Because it, it makes y- me sad. I know you know that like DC isn't going to let them take Clayface away. Yeah, just let him be Boris. Yeah, is his name Boris? Yeah, let him act. Just give us a like a, a Shakespearean theater comic with Clayface in it. I would read that. <laughs> and you, just him you and, and Cassandra you putting on Amdrams. Yes, um, please. Art on this one by Joe Bennett, Salvador Regla, Ricardo, Jamie. And Marcio Lurza. Mm. Mm, lots of names for me to mispronounce. Um, and Colors by Jason Wright. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is, you know, eventually we'll get somewhere good with this story, but I, I didn't like this victim society when they showed up to begin with. Yeah. Um, and now they're back and, and, and they're, they're being led by Anarchy. I don't, I don't mind Anarchy as a villain. I think this version of him is a little bit interesting. But yeah, the victim syndicate is a little bit boring. Yeah. Um, I do like um, that Tim Drake is is kind of becoming the threat that he ended up being when he came yeah. back from the future. Uh, that, that's interesting and tragic in its own way. But Absolutely. I, I feel like I feel like Tim Drake needs a win more than like almost every other character in DC right now. So He's I had hope, a really tough year. Uh, yeah, exactly. He died. <laughs> I mean, he didn't really die. He was just in he came face to face with the evil version from the future of himself. That's always hard. We've yeah. all had to do that. Yeah, every character. Uh, so yeah, Detective Comics. It'll be good. It'll be as good as it's been in the past very soon, I'm sure, because this is the uh, <laughs> cyclic nature of comics. Absolutely. Uh, New Superman issue number eighteen is the end of an era, Siobhan, Um written by Jean uh, uh, Luen Yang, mm-hmm. um, with art by hmm, someone. Pencils in. by Brent Peoples. Brent Peoples. Good name. Inks by Scott Hanna and Richard Friend. Colors um, by Hi-Fi. Oh man, it should be like art by Friend and Friend and Peoples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but this, so this is actually the last issue of this book as we know it, because as of issue 19, <coughs> it becomes known as a uh, new Superman and the justice league of China. Cool. Um, and so this sees, um, uh, Kinan Kong, um, AKA new Superman from China, uh, team up with, uh, both the justice league of China and the justice league of America to take down, 
um, these uh, mystical uh, Chinese kind of gods almost yep. or, you know, uh, demigods mm-hmm. um, that only he can fight basically. And um, it, I this is a really, really great coming together of everything they've set up since the beginning of this yeah. run. This was great. And it was a great, um, the last 18 issues have been such a great character arc for Keenan Kong. He's come into his powers and I think they've done that in a really, um, really good way. And I like that he won the day by meditating. <laughs> yeah, totally. But I also like, I loved, you know, he acknowledges that he was a bully before he, yeah. he, he became Superman and it's up to him to kind of, if he can't better be better than that, like, because he is the yin and the yang. He that's is right. there to protect the balance. And I think that's such a clever, like, the way that they've turned the Superman symbol on his chest into it is both the S and the yin and yang. I think it looks cool. Because I, of all people, have to believe that a bully can become a teammate, a friend, a hero. And that is why you must die. <laughs> this is classic comic books. really is. I, I'm sure this will, this will be the end of, like, the third trade or something of this when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Like, if you love kind of, like, I don't know, I, I feel like, it's, this really felt like a Silver Age comic. Yeah, it did. In the best possible way. And if that's been missing from your stack um, of, of late, mm-hmm. definitely give this a shot. This is a really, really great run. It's silly and it's fun and it's self-contained, but still enough other characters from the DC universe show up for it to appeal to people who love the DCU as it is. But also this is great to give to someone who doesn't know anything about it. Yeah, because really true. Because nothing, nothing else in the DCU affects it. And because of like you know how uh, reliant it is on um, you know Chinese stories and culture, mm-hmm. it's a very different book while still feeling tonally similar to books we've read before. Absolutely, and it's it looks awesome. like we're going to get a Green Lantern core of China. Which oh is my god, so fucking so great. funny! Yeah, so great. I'm into it, and I love like Keenan's parents being a part of this, and yeah. his mum being this really conflicted character. I think it well, I think it's cool. Too. Yeah, works great. Yeah, it's a great book. Such a good book. I'm so glad that DC is still uh, allowing. Um, Yang to keep putting issues out. Yeah. Real good. Um, I gave up this oh, book wow. ages ago, but I cannot resist a cover, one with a speech uh, with a mm. word balloon on it, um, and also a cover with one and only Captain Cold on it. Mm. Uh, I read an issue, issue 36 of The Flash, written by Joshua Williamson, with, out by Howard Porter. I mean, that's another reason to get me to read Lovely. something too. Um, it's awesome art, and um, basically, some rogue that I've never heard of before um, has died. Turbine. Yeah, that is who knows. Um, and someone in Iron Heights has uh, has has killed him, and so the Flash, um, you know, goes there as Barry Allen to try and investigate, and he can't use he can't turn into Flash or use his powers because you know it's under high surveillance, so he has to be Barry Allen. Um, and you see him kind of talk to all the different rogues in there. The trickster tries to take the blame for the for the murder, but everyone knows that it couldn't be the trickster. And um, who should be in there but August Hart, who was Godspeed from, like, the first very, very great, like, ten issues of of this run. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, he's been incarcerated there and, uh, like, you know, he knows that Barry is the Flash and they have, like, a a, a discussion and Barry's realizing that he's going to have to work with August Hart in order to, you know, figure out the killer. This is fucking great. It had, like like 12 of Flash's villains in it. Like it had cool. all the rogues plus all these other incarcerated uh, Flash villains and it balanced them all really well. This is what I want instead of them kind of like focusing on whatever the fuck they were focusing on before. I had a great uh, team up between um, the young Wally West and Barry. Cool. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really, really good Flash, flash book. So I, I might jump on board this book for a while because I've dropped a few DC books recently, mm. including the next book you're about to talk about. Yeah, I also read Wonder Woman issue 36. Um, Children of the Gods, part four, written by James Robinson with really excellent art by um, Carlo Paguayan? Pag- 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 
Kagulian. You're an idiot. You can't pronounce anything. This always happens when you try and pronounce words. <laughs> and inks by Jason Paz and Sean Parsons. Um, the colors on this are really beautiful. And the art on this issue is extremely good. The colors are by Romulo Fiado Jr. Yeah, he's Romulo? great. Yep, he's yeah. real good. Um, so this continues on Wonder Woman's twin brother fighting now teen Darkseid and his daughter. What's her name? Whatever the fuck her name is. I dropped it. I don't care. Amazon Darkseid daughter. Um, and then at the end, Wonder Woman's like sassy lawyer who's been showing up all throughout this turns out he was Zeus the whole time. Oh, Sexy that's Sexy buff fun. Zeus. Yeah, it's actually pretty fun. Damn it. This was a pretty good issue. Those, those last few issues were so boring though. I, I know. just couldn't do it. This is actually a pretty good issue. I love it when lawyers turn into gods. <laughs> it happens so rarely. That's my kink. Wow. <laughs> That's a tough one to fulfill. Maybe, yeah, I know. So, yeah, I, I, I'm going to need some quiet time <laughs> before we talk about image books. Just kidding. Let's talk about image books because um, those are all the DC books we read this week. I've got a whole bunch of image books to talk about now. It's a great image week. Holy moly. Um, can I talk about my favorite one straight off the bat? Yeah, let's do it. And it's been building up to this. We knew it was going to happen. Maestro's. It's probably my, like one of my top Ugh. five image books right now. It's so good, man. It's, uh, this I is love it. written and drawn by Steve Scrooge with colors by Dave Stewart, letters by Phonographics. Steve Scrooge is... He's he's so good. I don't understand the how writing he's, is so good. He's such an incredible writer and such an incredible artist, and he has created like this incredibly flawed, relatable, terrible, lovable character who I'm just obsessed with. He's also especially created, the chubby ch- child version. I love cre- him. He's also created. I think every single character that we've seen so far, we've also seen like torn to bits, yeah. and and killed, yeah, and like. It's coming yeah. in horrible bugs. And yeah, yeah. There's just so, yeah, man. There's so much to love about this book. Yeah, it's I, so funny and sweet and gory and yeah. horrifying. And it's all there's about real consequences to everything, but not really as well. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Not, in this issue, someone dies and then is immediately brought back to life. But I feel like that's going to have consequences. Of course, it track. is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and like yeah, all the like all the characters are absolutely despicable. Um, and but it's it's still got so much heart to it. Yeah. And uh, I think that's developing more and more with each issue that comes out. I'm so glad that you enjoy this, especially because it is such a fantasy book. Yes, absolutely. And I know that's not something that necessarily appeals to you all the time. No, it's fantasy that doesn't take itself seriously, which is what yeah. I need. Um, I feel like sci-fi so so frequently doesn't take itself seriously. Even the ones that do are quite lighthearted in that yeah. in their approach. But fantasy is always so like you know like. Seven to Eternity was a slog for me yeah, just because absolutely. it was just having to remember the names of so many races and that's the that's the main thing that gets me. It's dialects and races and, <laughs> and like and like ticks and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, like yeah, I'm just yeah, like, yeah. Oh god, I get it. It's a different race I've never heard of before. They're like, just different people, I get it. Like Just make his this- word balloon green. Like I get it. Like <laughs> Translated from whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like, and there are some really funny character designs in this. Like, I love the guy who works in the court, who's like a big walking sunflower. Yeah, and then there's like That's one, so one of his uh, one of Maestro's like long term um, uh, nemesis is uh, is a big walking cactus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like, I think it's because the characters are very grounded 
Like they seem quite real and mm-hmm. um, fully fleshed out, but it still exists in this ludicrous high fantasy sort of oh, fuck, context. I just, I just realized that the, the big bad, like, you know, super evil guy in this, that his, mm. his pants are made, his, yeah. his skirt is made of like people's faces, people's faces, like it's bearded so men's good. faces. It's so horrifying just seeing this dude's like junk covered by a flappy skin face. Yeah. It's so good. So great. Everyone should read this unless that sounds horrifying to you, in which case don't. But and it's I very love, clever and it's very funny. I love that he also. Also was like this, you know, like pathetic fat kid. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> when he yeah. was growing up, like this, like dorky like, fat prince who everyone just bullies. And I, like, yeah, like classic, like he's the kind of guy that you see in like a pastor ad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Can you just see his face covered in spaghetti? <laughs> and I really, I really, really love that. Like, you know, he grows up to be the maestro, and he yeah. still, ha- but he still has so much of that kid in yeah. him whenever he's vulnerable. Yeah, it's so good, so awesome. Um, I also want to shout out um, the preview at the back of this book is for a book called Ice Cream Man. And this is, yeah, well, you know who this is, the creative team, right? Yes. This is the people behind that cool one about art. Yep. And I I remembered the name of it until you said that cool (laughs) one about art. (laughs) Now I'm fucked. But the creators are W. Maxwell Prince and Martin Morazzo. Um, hold on, I'll look this up because it was one of our favorite books of last year. And I reckon there's maybe three listeners that are like, oh, was this, you dickheads? But, um, it was like this awesome art crime book. I hope that they do more of that because that was such a strong concept and they could do so much with it. Yeah, totally. About solving the, crimes in art. In art. The Electric Sublime. The Electric Sublime. And this is called The Ice Cream Man. Um, and it's a pretty like, you know, we get four pages at the end of this book and it doesn't really tell you too much. Um, but, but it's like basically a, 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 an ice cream man selling ice creams to kids and uh, there's a narrator telling us some slightly worrying things yeah. over the top. I feel like it's going to be a sort of um, Twilight Zone-y uh, freak of the week type book. But oh, with really? the connecting feature of this ice cream man. Yeah, that's, cool. That's what I reckon, but I could be totally wrong. Yeah, I got actually got plastic vibes from it as well. Absolutely. So very, very plastic vibes. I reckon it'd probably be the same color or something. Um, oh, no, that was Laura Martin. This is Chris O'Halloran. Anyway, there's, it looks great. There's also a, just a image in the back for something called The Further Adventures of Nick Wilson, which looks pretty fun. Okay, I, I, I don't know if this is, this is very, very deep right now, but I looked at that too and I was like, that looks cool. It's been written by um, Eddie Gorodetsky and also Mark Andreko. It doesn't say the name of any of the art team anywhere on the ad. Yeah, that's and a then, great point. And then it has um, uh, like uh, little blurbs, like, you know, uh, what, are they, what do you call that when someone writes their... Little quotes, little, little book quotes, yeah, quotes from quote quotes. work, pull quote um, from like pen from pen and teller, yeah. <laughs> Paul, Paul Dini, Patton Oswalt, Sarah Silverman. It's, it's just strange. Um, it's an odd but one. the further adventures of Nick Wilson. Uh, is that a sequel? No, it's um, about a uh, former superhero who right. now has to deal with his life just being normal. And the images of him smoking a bong on his couch, surrounded by like cereal. classic man, classic. I can, I can love bongs, eh? Love bongs. Love to do bong. Love just doing doing ten bongs, then recording an episode of Serious Ish. <laughs> My fifteen year old sister says doing bong. <laughs> doing Have you bong? ever done a bong? Have you ever done bong? <laughs> um, the art is by Steve Sadowski. Oh, there you go. There you go. But it has like kind of C Libri vibes, I think. Well that that covers by Pete Woods. There you go. Uh, Black Magic came out this week, keeping keeping things Woo! magical for a moment. Uh, written by Greg Rucker with art by Nicholas Scott. I feel like I missed the last issue or something. I, I didn't really felt like that too, but we didn't. It. Okay. Um, we did not. Oh, actually, I don't think we did. You know what I think is one of the cleverest part of this issue is half of it takes place um, in uh, at night outside. And I think that the way that they change the... 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Colors, considering this is a book done entirely in black and white, is so clever yeah, and so yeah, good. Yeah, very true. Very, very true. She nailed it. Did old Nicola Scott and who does the calls on this? Kiara Arena. Yeah, we reviewed Black Magic number eight. Right. Um, oh, good. In episode 80. Wow. Jesus, that was a long time ago. So I th- my This biggest- is delayed. This was delayed. This is delayed. Okay, sure. So, th- so everyone else has probably already read this. Right. Okay, sure. Uh, did you get the Cliff Chang cover? A variant? Yeah. Real nice. Real nice. Um, but yeah, this is like a, the book of, of about a, a, a cop who is also a witch. Um, and no one knows that she's a witch, but everyone knows she's a cop. <laughs> <laughs> Although today, the cops found out she's a Wiccan. Yeah. They don't know how real her magic powers are, but they at least know that she religiously identifies as Wiccan. And um, she basically, like, yeah, the two worlds that she's a part of are coming to meet each other in terrible ways. And mm-hmm. it looks like her, she might manifest powers that she that are bigger than herself because a lot of people that are trying to kill her are doing so because they're scared of what she will do. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has no idea what she's going to do. I really like this is so, still so good. Yeah, totally. I love. Even loved... though I was a little bit lost in this issue, I think it'll read great in trade. I think oh, just because we, it's been so long since we read an issue. Yeah, I think. Give us a recap page. Give us just a little recap just a, page. Just a you've just got a little one. like there's a creative team of like seven people working on this book, and we see their photos of them in every single issue. Surely one of them could just do a little blurb. It's a little blurb. Like, I, I get a, I get a blurb. We've got a, we've got a, two paragraphs on each of the creators about what they've done. Just give us one paragraph about what happened in the last issue. Yeah. Is it much too much to ask? Oh six creators. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna Kate specifically Nicola's assistant. Do that. Do that. Okay. All right. recommend that. She, I don't she, think she listens. She doesn't I'll even get a blurb message. in here. She doesn't even get a blurb. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Sad. Maybe she can get a blurb for her if she does the bio, if she does the uh, the blurb at the start. Mm. Blurb for a blurb. It's fair. Seems fair. Communism. Um, Royal <laughs> I don't think that's, that's That is how it works. It is. I, I studied um, whatever that falls under. <laughs> Astrology. <laughs> <laughs> Royal City number eight um, continues the extremely depressing uh, time shift to the 90s as we see the various characters uh, that make up Jeff Lemire's excellent Royal City book uh, going through high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
this is guess, the, the, the last week of uh, the character's Tommy's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a real bummer. It is a bummer, but it's a... But it's like a, it's a good bummer. Yeah, it's a... Like it's it a, hurts it's while you're reading it, but in a good way. A compelling like, oh, finally bummer. I feel something. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really want to talk about the story in this no. at all because I, I think maybe we can share our thoughts on the overall story once this arc is finished. Yeah, absolutely. But if you're like nostalgic for the 90s especially and like if, grunge... Yeah, especially if you like collecting variant covers. Uh, this, mm. this one was a... Uh, a tr- one by Nate Powell of um, Holes Live Through This album. Great. It's great. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been collecting these are great variants to collect. Um, and also the back matter this week um, was uh, Jeff Lemire talking about a book that we talked about earlier in the year mm-hmm. that he um, did with um, Gord Downey. Who recently who, passed away. From um, the Tragically Hip, a mm-hmm. Canadian artist um, who passed away, lost the battle to cancer um, earlier in the year. And um, yeah, it's it's, it's like he, he kind of doesn't do what he usually does in the back matter of Royal City. He just writes a nice note and the beautiful drawing of his friend, um, which I thought was really great. And also Secret Path is like, yeah, we, I neglected to put it on our best graphic novels of the year because I felt it was was kind of outside of that. Mm. But a really, really, really good read that you should definitely seek out. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. Jeff Lemire. So good. He's such a, he's such a talent. Um, Port of Earth, issue number two was a, uh, a Top Cow book that came out through Image, uh, issue number one last month, um, that we described as being like excellent world building. Mm. And then when it got to the heart of the story, a little bit disappointing, but we both stuck with it for another one. Basically, it's about aliens coming to Earth and saying we need to use Earth as a port um, for, you know, trade and people to re- and a- different alien ships to refuel. They won't interact with your country at all, just the port. Um, let us do this. We will give you access to alien technology that will improve your planet tenfold. Um, but... In this, we kind of learn that there was no negotiating to be done. Basically, the aliens were telling Earth, like, this mm. is this, this is, is what we're happening. doing. And, you know, you can either let us do it or we'll kill you. And the only people to really do well out of it are, like, hilariously the owners of, like, ExxonMobil and Tesla who get all of the um, alien technology. Yeah, totally. Um, but regular regular people like you and me, regular Joes, are being killed by aliens. So this uh, this continued like yeah great world building I love this world this, mm. this and it, what this like you know the ramifications of this agreement for mm. the entire world but um what was different about this issue to the last one is that I thought the actual story itself became quite interesting as well yeah I still don't find the two police officers that we're following well, especially interesting I reckon at least one of them is going to die in the next issue so don't worry too much longer minimum one yeah <laughs> fingers um, crossed but basically like yeah like the, the, this these the, the two kind of uh, soldiers, I guess. George and Eric. Um, agents even that we're seeing. Um, uh, they've been put on a task force that are just there to kind of protect the aliens from Earth, not the other way around. Mm. Um, so if an alien is attacking, attacking Earthlings, all they can do is just kind of like bring it to the attention of, of people mm. <laughs> um, and not actually engage in, uh, in, 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 or attack them. Um, it's really interesting. It is interesting. I think it's cool. And the art by Andrea Muti is excellent. Um, the the designs of the aliens are cool and spooky. Really, really cool. The, the, the main alien they're chasing in this one is is real weird. Real weird. Um, and uh, yeah, this is great. Written by Zach Kaplan, who did the Eclipse book that we uh, thought was quite good <laughs> through Top Cow last year, this year. Um, but yeah, check it out. Port of Earth. It's good. I, I actually, I actually quite enjoyed this issue. Same. Um, slots issue number three. Um, issue number two. We found I found to be quite disappointing. Uh, written and drawn by Dan Panosian. This comes out through Skybound, and it's about a um, uh, a man returning to Vegas after years away from it and a return, trying to return to his old life of boxing and 
casinos and gambling and drinking. And, Women and being a shitty dad. Yeah. Um. And uh, I thought the, the the first issue was so great. It's a, just a tour de force of great art and mm-hmm. interesting story and character development. And the second issue was just exposition stuff. And then third issue we're back to that kind of almost as good as the first issue. Glory. I love this book. Oh, it's great! So cool. It's yeah. So like, um, seedy. Yeah, really, really that. seedy and gross. I loved in particular the boxing scenes and the I character. Really, really um, well done. Like the son, Lucy. Yep. Um, is such a like cool character. I'm heaps on board. I love it. Yeah. Um, I, I can't, where's the, yeah, I love the explanation of why he called. He's like, um, why did you name a boy Lucy? And he goes, Sue was already taken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So great. That's a great Weird. line. Um, yeah, just the, like this book looks incredible. The sort of, um, what do they call that with the dots? Bende. Yeah. That is great. Is Bende or Bendai? Ben, I think it's Bende. Anyway, it looks good. Jim's not here. Jim is here. Oh, is he? Jim, is it Ben Day or Ben Ben Die? Okay. He says okay. This guy is a fake comic book fan, in my fake opinion. Fake comic book fan. <laughs> um, but I love how like craggy and lived in all the faces are of these seedy old men who run the casinos. Yeah. I think it's killer. Those are faces that have been punched a bunch. They sure are. And some of them aren't even boxes. Yeah. Why are they even punched so much? Because of um, crimes. Yeah, it's great. It's, like, this is great. This is the issue that I needed. Yeah, because um, I was like not into that second issue at all. But it, 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 we, sometimes exposition is necessary. It is. Uh, finally, from Image, we both read issue two of Coyotes, which is another book um, that had yeah, the second issue. Um, Sean Lewis is the writer of this one, with art by Caitlin Yasky, and uh, it's about like a secret society of women who can turn into wolves. No, they fight people who turn into wolves. No, no, they fight people who turn into coyotes. I don't think they can turn into wolves. Though. Oh, right, they can't harness some kind of wolfy thing. I think they call. The wolves, coyotes. Oh, right. Okay. Anyway, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> I think the art's really, really strong. I think it's a cool mystery that they've set up, and I like this evil, potentially evil secret society of women. Yeah. It's hard to tell. It's, well, it's, yeah, they're ambiguous, I guess. I mean, they uh, are just fighting like werewolves, and I don't think the werewolves are good. Coyotes are definitely not good. They're I thought they had, I thought they were wolves and the men were coyotes, but they're, okay. You're right. Women never turn into wolves at any point. But what, but like, <laughs> I, I swear that there's that one girl who has like red text for her word balloons. Hasn't she got some kind of weird powers? I don't know. I think she's just really good at killing werewolves. <laughs> I think that's her, the I best think that's power, power of all. <laughs> um, yeah, look and at then the, there's someone who makes creepy dolls of girls who have disappeared. Who's like a cool old lady. There's a lot going on in this, and clearly I'm not following it as well <laughs> as I do other comics. But uh, there's enough here to keep me reading another couple issues. Yeah, it's I very, especially very like the the flashback. I think just think some of like the the character designs are so gorgeous. Like everyone's so beautiful. Yeah, well, the art is the the biggest selling point. It's really for me. stellar. Yeah. I love it. Coyotes, check it out. It's worth a read. Um, if you like gory jaws eating people, and I do. Um, so does our special guest, Random Beeping. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Marvel now. These are our Marvel reviews for the week. Um, and we're going to kick things off with issue number four of Runaways by Rainbow Rowell and the uh, aforementioned dong drawer, Chris Anker. <laughs> no dongs in this, though. Um, with colors by Matthew Wilson. What a great creative team. What a great book. What a great issue. Absolutely. Like, Across the, the board. Fuck? This is, it's such a good book. It's such a good book. I'm so surprised this isn't getting more. I mean, I kind of don't really go on the internet anymore but i'm surprised i haven't heard more about this book 
yeah. people loving it because it's so fun. It's so within the spirit of the original series, but doing Completely so much diff- with them. Yeah, 100%. So much character development for everyone. I love Gert. I love how Gert is being this just like unreasonable, petulant teenager in comparison to everyone. Because she was, you know, plucked from two years ago when, yeah. when she was an, a, a petulant teenager. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, but I also love, yeah, the, the Victor Lamancha who like mm-hmm. is just a disembodied head. Uh, in this issue um, and I love when he finally reveals himself to Molly mm. that sounds terrible but he <laughs> <laughs> reveals that he's not dead yes. and that he's uh, just pretending to come while he works things out because no one really wants no one wants to be a runaway yeah like in spite of the the kind of friendship that they all shared they were still like you know they were named the, run- the runaways why would you want to be that again? Absolutely. Um, and I, everyone's so conflicted about it like except Chase and Nico who like yeah well actually no even Nico is like, you know, she doesn't want to lead the team. Yeah. Um, but I, I loved Molly's grandma in this. Like, yep. you know, she just, uh, she's either just just a really, really nice person or she is hiding nah, something. she's definitely hiding something scary. There's cats with magic powers and she's too good to be believed, I believe. I don't think the cats have magic powers. I think Nico can just talk to them because she has No, I think those are cats magic. with magic powers. Okay, right, all right. And wh- why is she taking Molly's blood? That's the question. Yeah, right. Maybe she's giving it to the cats. Maybe. <laughs> Um, um, but I love Christopher Anchor. Like I, I love the way Chris Anchor um, draws Gert specifically. I think that he's done such a killer job of like uh, individualizing all these characters so 100%. well. Like, and and I love the designs. way he draws Holy old base. Yes, please. Yeah, um, such a happy, such a happy Velociraptor. You, um, you fought me on this when oh, I said I? that Chris Anchor should be one of our uh, choices for Artist of the Year. Oh, you I? said no. Oh, did I? Yep. <laughs> Who did I say instead? Nicholas Scott. I love Nicola. I know I love Nicola too, but I think after the dongs, I <laughs> and this you issue, yeah, I should have, I, I should have overruled. Chris Anchor is so good. Um, yeah, yeah, he is so good. So so good. This is this is a, a beautiful looking book, and also just a beautiful book about friendship and teenagers and decision making and, and growing up and heads and jars. Like, yeah, and then the, 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 like they haven't done any form of crime fighting yet. It's so great. Yeah, she's it's definitely ju- evil though. She stole one of Victor's hairs. Did she really? Yeah. Do you know what it is? Oh, yeah. Pluck. There it is. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness. What's going on? She is a genetic scientist. Like, I've seen Jurassic Park. They do that all the time. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just think that this is just such a remarkable book that... Um, it just popped out of, of nowhere. Yeah. Like, obviously, people have been working on it for a long time. It's but exclusively a drama book at this point. Like, Nico's yeah. cast all of two spells or something. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's just soap opera. It's awesome. It's, it's really, really great. Uh, it's like a, it's it's the closest thing Marvel are doing to a slice of life bo- life book, and it's yeah. and it's definitely worth your time. Runaways by Rambo Rao. I mean, we knew Chris Anker and Matthew Wilson were great, but like for this to be Rambo Rao's like first comic book and to be this good and captivating, Absolutely. it helps that it's like an incredible creative team first and foremost. But like, yeah, she's doing great stuff on this book that you know we both kind of came into like you know with such a massive love of the source material. Mm. But it's real good. It's such a lot to live up to. Yeah, absolutely. So I think they're killing it. Check it out, guys. Runaways. Um, I'm sure the trade will be available for soon, but buy it. I'm sure you can track down the issues. Yeah, Put a little sure bit of effort in. Yeah. It's Christmas. Absolutely. You owe it to yourself. Agreed. Uh, Jean Grey this week. We got uh, issue 10 of the run by uh, Dennis Hopeless with art on this issue by um, Alberto Albuquerque. Colors by J. David Ramos. Did you read this? Read this, no. You give up on this book. Yeah. I've just like skipped the last couple of issues and I'm, I'm lost. Yeah. I missed them. Well, know. the Phoenix has finally come to... Um, finally. To Earth, and um, we know that the next kind of big event, which starts like two weeks from now, is called Phoenix Resurrection, written by Matt Rosenberg and uh, art by Lionel Yu. 
Um, and Ooh. so something's going to happen to this young version of Jean Grey because the Phoenix Resurrection is all about the older Jean Grey coming back, I guess. Mm. Um, I think we don't get young Jean anymore, right? Well, spoilers, skip forward 30 seconds, but uh, this issue sees uh, this young Jean Grey roasted to a, a fiery skeleton. The oh, Phoenix no. just fucks her up. And <laughs> not only is it her... Is that like, the end? It, well, there's going to be issue 11 of this book after Phoenix Resurrection. and oh It'll be God. the finale. That's so funny. I would love it if they just <laughs> totally killed her and that was it. But I liked her. I Same, but it's cooler if she's dead. But not only is she like like a skeleton, we've also got um, Emma Frost, Quentin Quire, the the three tri- triplets at this the point, cuckoos? the sisters, Cuckoos, um, and Hope all lying down in a pool of blood. Oh, no. So some bad shit's happened. Some bad shit's And the only happen. person left standing is the old ghost of old Jean Grey ah. as the phoenix flies away. Um, so yeah, very interesting. I- I'm bummed that we didn't get the same um, caliber of art that we began this run with, but um, I think Ten- Dennis Hopeless told a good story, even if you can tell it kind of got like it's it sucks. I like I like Rosenberg, but why the fuck wouldn't you get Ro- um, Hopeless to write the Phoenix Resurrection story, given that he yeah. was writing the Jean Grey book and has to fin- like do the finale anyway? And it doesn't make any sense. Whatever. Weird. Marvel. Marvel. Um, what do you want to talk about next, Siobhan? Um, Keep it X you, for a minute. Yeah, did you read uh, X-Men Blue? No, I did not. X-Men Blue issue 17. This did, is the 2099 story. Did Jean Grey die in this one? Was did she I a skeleton? Did finish this? Oh, guys, I did that thing again. I read half this issue and I didn't read the rest of it. Because it was boring or because you have a kid? Or a little from column A, a little from column B. Oh, no, wait. I did read it, and then they end up in Generation X time. They're just doing like a weird time travel trip through the greatest hits of X-Men. They just did this. I know. Anyway, they're doing it again. That's stupid. (laughs) I'm I'm glad I didn't read this. The end. You going to continue with it? No. Well, I mean, it's almost finished. We're about to relaunch all the X-Men series, right? Are we? Yeah, there's going to be X-Men Red and X-Men that Ed Pisco one is coming out. Yeah, but isn't that like a fun kind of thing? Yeah. But like, I think they're just relaunching all the X-Books. So All right. I probably won't. That's stupid as hell. It is. But you know what wasn't stupid as hell? Wolverine. All new Wolverine. Issue number 28, written by Tom Taylor, with excellent art by Juan Cabal, um, and colors by good. Nolan Wooded. Um, and uh, this, uh, yeah, it says uh, Wolverine, aka Laura, aka X23, um, teaming up with Dakin and, of course, her good friend Gabby. Um, her sister. Sister, is your well, yeah? But they're the friends, Clone friends sister? can be sisters too, just because you're not friends with your sisters. God, I hate my sister. <laughs> um, and I love that Gabby gets her official um, superhero name in this issue. Maybe my favorite moment from from comics this week: the Honey Badger. Honey Badger, and like you, it, they can suggest that that's what she call herself. Um, she's like, I, I can't just be Gabby anymore. I need a hero name, and then he suggests it, like, Honey Badger because she's sweet and she has claws. And it zooms into her as she says, that's... And you think she's going to be like, that sucks. But she goes, that's perfect, as she imagines. Classic all- Wolverine covers, but reimagined with her as the honey badger. It's so great. It's Especially the um, the Chris Claremont, um, Frank Miller classic cover. Yeah. Of him, her beckoning on the front. So really great. good. So uh, good. <laughs> so there were a couple of like really exceptional visual moments in this. I like it when they're like, oh, we need to um, go in disguise to this place. And they all come... And it's like, it's just a one panel, like, side gag. Oh. But they're all in these totally ludicrous costumes. Like, Dakin is wearing, like, has a cane. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, a purple jacket with, like, leopard print trim. 
There's like no explanation. They're just like, yeah, these are our costumes. <laughs> it's, and, it's, and it's one page of it. Yeah. And they're such good costumes. It's I want to so see them funny. in these costumes for as long as possible. So great. So great. Really good. I love this book. <laughs> Tom Taylor's killing it. Yep. So good. Um, and it like, it's, again, this is a very similar story to what's going on in Detective at the moment, which is the victim syndicate. They're called the Orphans of X in this, but it's just a, it's just a bit better. Yeah. I th- with Orphans of X in Jason Aaron's Wolverine run. Uh, is that who take, trying to take down Wolverine in that? Maybe. Maybe it is. Um, another X character Deadpool, is no. Deadpool. I and didn't read this. I even borrowed it, but I didn't read it. Um, so this is uh, issue 290 of the current Despicable Deadpool run, written by Jerry Duggan, with art by Scott Coblish and uh, colors by Nick Filardi, um, in which uh, Deadpool has um, been uh, told to kill Cable, but he ends up teaming up with Cable to kill Strife. Um, and it's become this ridiculous uh, like time-traveling comedy um between the two with, with, with the two of them in it it's really really fun and silly does and this actually have the death of cable in it as is it's teased the, on the cover yeah it's the death of a cable uh-huh right okay <laughs> That's good. um but yeah, it's it's super fun, and then if you, if you like Wolverine, she's going to be appearing in the next one. Cool. Oh, that's a good cover. It's the Snapchat cover. Are you sure you like that? Oh no, I just saw a rainbow and ears. I was like, oh, cool. Those are Snapchat filters. <laughs> I don't know what Snapchat is. That's <laughs> um, where you but, get dick pics. Yeah, that's right. Right. Dong pics. Dong pics. Please stay as, on brand. As the teens call them. Yep. Um, I didn't. I only read one more Marvel book, so you, oh, can, wow. talk, you can talk about a few more. Okay. See, usually, cool. usually I read all my Marvel books way too early, and then I have like, like you know, I've read five DC books, three Image books, blah blah, and then I've read like twenty Marvel books. And yeah. So I thought I'd, I'd leave Marvel to last. So I was like, in the at the crux of time, I was like, no, nope, I'm just not going to talk about those Marvel books this week. It's a good call. Um, I read Secret Warriors, which is currently um, versus Mister Sinister. This is written by Matt Rosenberg with art by. Javier Garon and Will Robson, which is a really bizarre combination and I think is quite jarring. And I think the Will Robson pages don't especially work, oh, which damn. I'm sad about because I love Will Robson. Yeah. I think he's just way better suited to a comedy book. Yep. And I just don't, I'm, I'm kind of over this title. I think I'm done. Yeah. I, I think saying. I'm done with it. Which is a bummer. It was, it was like the, the, one of the best things about Secret Empire. Yeah, totally. One of, and weirdly was just never as good after the event. Yeah, I don't really understand why. Um, I also read Royals. Yep, just I'm, keeping on an inhuman bent. I got this to read on the way home. Um, Al Ewing with, I mean, most notably art by Javier Rodriguez and Alvaro Lopez. Was this the, the final issue of this? Um, no, it's not. The, but it is all wrapping up now. And the main, the key thing is, I have no fucking idea what's happening in it. But Javier Rodriguez is very, very talented, and the colors are beautiful, and. If you just look at the pictures, it's very pretty. Cool. Don't think about it. I'll do that on the way home. Um, unbeatable Squirrel Girl. I, I knew this was going to be good, and I knew I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's bad. I'm going to rave about it. So I just yeah. You guys don't need me to tell you. It's important. Like I don't think that, that this creative team, Erica Henderson and um, and Ryan North and Rico Renzi, I don't think that they're capable of putting out a bad issue of this. But if this you was, like it to begin with, this was such a funny issue. It starts with Tippy and um, Nancy. Everyone around them is asking them how Squirrel Girl defeated Galactus in like a really weird way. Like her physics exam is all about how a bunch of squirrels could defeat Galactus. <laughs> and then it turns out that um, Nancy and Tippy have been um, teleported to a planet which is exclusively covered in green squirrels. <laughs> <coughs> and they have been um, the Herald of Galactus, the Silver Surfer, has shown up to be like, look, Galactus is going to eat your planet unless you um, pay me to tell 
Galactus to go away, but the Silver Surfer is like a hunky surfer bro (laughs) (laughs) with a bunch of other surfer bros. So he's clearly like some kind of scam artist. But like that is just about the silliest concept I could think of and it is so fun. And this has the Sorcerer Supreme, Loki in it, lots of Squirrel Girl fun and Squirrel Girl and Loki teaming up to fight Dormammu. Incredible. The, like, just, totally incredible. I just turned to one page and saw the dialogue. What it is, Squirrel Bros, the Silver Surfer in the His House. Yeah. Holla. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Super fun. All right, I can't wait to read this. Yeah. It's like, it's so fun, guys. You Amazing. have to read it. Um, the Punisher, issue number 219, uh, written by Matt Rosenberg. We said his name a lot this episode, um, with art by, oh boy, Gu Villanova. Colors by Lee Luridge um, continues the Punisher in the War Machine armor, and this sees uh, a pretty heavy-handed uh, story of him um, uh, in uh, the People's Republic of Shania as he takes down some like rebel forces while teaming up with an old man on a farm. I love how like a whole bunch of Punisher comics are so like mm, war is hell, war is the worst. Let's go do more war. <laughs> yeah, killing is terrible. I just killed twenty people. So weird. Yeah, it, it, it's it's not a bad comic by any means. It's exceptionally no. easy to read, actually. But it's just it's you know not really ground. It's I, I, it's weird that I, I found what um what's her name Becky Cloonan. Becky Cloonan did with her Punisher on a lot more groundbreaking than this. Yeah, I still think this is good fun. I like Punisher. I like Frank. Not really knowing how to use the War Machine armor and him kind of learning. Yeah, it's kind of fun, but it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not as compelling as I would expect from a Matthew Rosenberg comic. I think it will get there. Because this almost had like a one-shot nature to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, I think I'll get that. Um, do you read any more Marvel books? Um, I read half of The Amazing Spider-Man written by Dan Slott and Ryan Stegman. Oh, give us half a review then. Uh, wasn't that good, so I stopped reading it. Oh, cool. Great, great review. Those are our Marvel books. Uh, all we've got left now is a bunch of pub- uh, other publishers, uh, including some Dark Horse books, some Valiant books, some Lionforge and Archie books. Um, what do you want to start with? Some Dark Horse stuff? We got the finale of Aliens: Dead Orbit, written and drawn by um, James Stoko. And this comes out. I like in... saying Stoko. Yeah. Like it sounds like a fun thing. Like you're stoked. Yeah, Stoko. <laughs> I'm going, go, like... going out the back for a Stoko. <laughs> I don't know what that is. But... I don't know what it is, but <laughs> tradies do it. Um, this is going to be. I hope they like print this in a big oversized hardcover. I don't know if that's true, but oh, I would rad. want that. Yeah, totally. Because this is beautiful and spooky and is going to make an incredible read in one go. Definitely. Because um, it was still quite fu- quite quite a quick read. Yeah. Um, uh, even even broken up in these four issues. But um, yeah, it was, essentially this is just like a, a horror book set in the Aliens yeah. uh, universe where, you know, a ship discovers uh, uh, another ship with bodies mm-hmm. on it and the bodies are... Uh, 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 they got aliens in it. Yeah, they got aliens in them. And so their ship just gets fucked up by aliens and this is like a, a battle to survive. Yeah. And it's uh, great. I mean, you, you can kind of guess how it ends, but um, it, it, you've never seen aliens looking like this. Um, and the action scenes in this are, are insane. It's just yeah. so good. It's so good, guys. Um, and there, yeah, there, there are long, long periods without dialogue. Um, just done really, really well where he just shines, just draws the fuck out of every panel. And Yeah. It feels to me like tonally the most similar to the like alien movie. Yep, definitely. Um, 
and it's just so, so beautiful. It's almost like he didn't see anything after the first one. Cool. Yeah. That's the way you should do it. <laughs> Erase the memories of all sequels from your mind <laughs> and just go out and... And just read this as the sequel. Yeah. Man, so good. So good. Um, highly recommended. It's a shame that the collected version of this isn't out before Christmas because yeah. it'd be a perfect gift for a horror or alien fan. Fuck that ending. So, such a bummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it should be. Yeah, of course like it should be. All alien yeah, yeah. endings should be bummers. It's real good. Um, also out through uh, Dark Horse this week is um, the... 21st issue of uh, Depth, or Department H, uh, written and drawn by Matt Kint, with colours by uh, his wife, um, Charlene Kint. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is uh, an issue, like, we're, 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 after this, there's only three more issues of, of this series left, basically, uh, in which a uh, the daughter of a um, famous uh, explorer and um, scientist, um, uh, f- like, tries to find out who killed him. Mm. Um, by going uh, thousands of miles below this below the surface to his underwater base, underwater murder mystery. Um, and so, yeah, it's a uh, we're we're like you know kind of narrowing down who did it and who who who's, who didn't have the motives to do it and who might know more than what they're letting on, and uh, also learning like very tragic backstories for each character. And this kind of we learn more about her father and uh, his uh, his partner. Yeah. And, cool. and, and and her mother as well. It's a really, really great and tragic issue. Another bummer. Lots of, lots of good bummers this week. Nice. Lots of good bums. Lots of good bummers. <laughs> Did you read the second issue of Jenny Finn? No, I didn't. It was on my pile, but I just prioritized other stuff above it. Because um, it's a re-release, I guess, the, yeah. the, for the first time. Colored um, by Dave Stewart, written by Mike Mignola, with art by Troy Nixie. Creepy art by Troy Nixie. Definitely. And like definitely channeling Mike Mignola's love of all things Lovecraftian. Mm-hmm. Um, Jenny Finn is a girl who uh, is cursed with like fish parts and any man... <laughs> Any man that, that lays with her and also becomes fish cursed. Cool. And uh, the She's entire like a child though. Oh, well, mate, I can't remember. Her. Yeah, who knows? But yeah, this this tells the story of her, and it's a real. It's a. It's another bummer. Yeah. But this one's a real creepy and gross bummer. Mm. And um, the kind of detective who's who's been trying to track down this killer in the town keeps seeing visions of of her and the monsters in everything that he does. And there's a great scene where he he drops his uh his flask of wine. And um, in in the in the pool of wine, these big, uh, you know, Lovecraftian mm. tentacles appear out of the wine water. Real cool stuff. Cool. Yeah, um, I mean, it's 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 fun to read this. It's very schlocky, but it's good, good schlock. Nice. Um, you can pick which publisher we do next. Um, should we talk about Valiant? Yeah, we've got one Valiant book. We've got one Valiant book. Bloodshot Salvation, issue number four, written by Jeff Lemire, with art by um, Miko Sorg. Um, Swayan? Swayan. With colors by Diego Rodriguez. Um, and uh, this, I really, really like yeah. Miko's art a lot. So much. I really love this book. I think Bloodshot Salvation is my favorite Valiant book. Better than Secret Weapons? Yeah. I like Whoa. this much more than Secret Weapons. Whoa. Secret Weapons, I definitely enjoyed, but it felt a little bit zeitgeisty to me. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's a little bit like, too trendy. Right. But this is just like solid. People say that about me sometimes. I say that about you all the time. Levens, he's too trendy. Always on Snapchat, <laughs> dabbing. What's trendy? I don't know. Um, but this is just like solid, devastating, Lemire, heartbreaking action comics. Yeah. That could only exist in the context of superhero comics. Yep. 
Because um, anytime I try and explain what a bloodshot is to anyone, it's confusing. Yeah, totally. And funny. And so this this tells the backstory of uh, is it Rampage, Rampage mm-hmm. who is uh, the, the kind of villain that we're seeing go up against Bloodshot in current day. Yeah, um, it's a yeah, sad read. We see his backstory, and it's a it's it's a real bummer. It's a real bummer. It's These really... comic book creators don't want us to have a happy Christmas, Siobhan. <laughs> they sure don't. But yeah, I I really love this book, and I think that it's. It, I really now want to go back and read all of Jeff Lemire's Bloodshot. Yeah, that's been one of the things on my to-read list since the beginning, since we started this podcast. It was like one of those books that we like the only Lemire book we weren't reading. Yeah. Or that and Old Man Logan. I'm going to read that though. Uh, but what I, I will point out that I much prefer this the the art of Miko Swayan, um, which because it's like way more cartoony and and um, and kind of sketched um, than uh, the kind of photorealistic kind of painted um, artwork we've been getting on this run before this one. I like it. I like the over-realistic painted stuff as well. I prefer this. Yeah. It's great. So good. It's very, very good. Um, <clears throat> so that is uh, Bloodshot Salvation. Check it out. Another good Valiant book. We get the second issue of uh, Ninja K next week too. Great. Valiant fans. Um, should we talk about some Archie books? <coughs> oh, yeah. I didn't read any. Oh, I read one of them. Yes. Um, Jughead The Hunger, issue number two. Um, will be the last Jughead The Hunger book I, re- um, book I read, I think. Yeah. It's just... It's way broier and hokier than um, Afterlife with Archie and Sabrina, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. This is um, the horror book in which Jughead is a werewolf, um, written by Frank Thierry. Um, and I just the, the art for me, I don't like Joe Eisma. Yeah, I don't um, like Joe Eisma. I really don't like the way Joe Eisma draws Jughead specifically. Right. Um, I get that he's, he's not got good a big at noses, nose, but it's weird. Yeah. He's not good at noses. Um, yeah, this is not... It's not the most sophisticated of the Archie horror books, um, and it's just a bit of a mess, I think. Which is such a shame because the the Jughead the Hunger one shot was excellent. Yeah, and, um, and I wanted to see more of that concept. Definitely, but I, I, I like, now don't. I like the art on the first page is by Pat and Tim Kennedy. You know what? I was a problem I have with this book. What's that? Is that Jughead is like on the run, but refuses to take his hat off, so immediately gets recognized yeah, everywhere I know, so he goes. Dumb. Just take your beanie off, you dick. Is it a beanie? Talk, it's a take crown. Take your beanie off your dick. It's a crown. He refers to it as a beanie in really? this issue. That's bizarre. Another reason to hate this book. <laughs> Absolutely. And Cousin Bingo shows up. That's some reason to like it, but I still don't. Uh, so I read the third issue of The Archies, which is written by um, Matt Rosenberg and Alex Segura with art by Joe Eisma. No, no. That's a double, a double hit at Eisma this week. Um, and colors by Matt Herms. Um, and this is the book about Archie and Ronnie and Betty and... Um, Reggie and Jughead, who are in a band called the Archies, going on the road and uh, mingling with real-life bands. And so this issue featured a band called Churches, yeah. but the U is a V. Yeah. Um, have you not heard of Churches? I have, but oh. I haven't heard Churches. It's just funny seeing a band I don't really know in a, in a comic and, yeah. being, and everyone being like, that's Churches! And moving like, I don't care. <laughs> but it's also like, who is this for? Churches fans? Well, I don't think that Churches fans and Archie fans necessarily cross over. Maybe, what about maybe Riverdale and, and, and Churches fans? Oh, yeah, true. Um, but yeah, so this, this see them, saw them on the same lineup as Churches, and then they have like these hilarious... Um, Why are they experiencing such high-level success so quickly well, they're not. Career? They're still on... The, it's like still like them on the road, and their hotel burns down, and they lose stuff, and they suck, and yeah, whatever. But I, I ended it, and I was like, I don't need to read another issue of this. And then... <laughs> In the bottom of the next one, it goes, next, the monkeys. Need we say more? And I was like, <laughs> that can't be real. And then, sure enough, at the end of the book, there's a cover for the next issue. And it is an incredible Greg Smallwood cover of what? the Archie's guest starring the monkeys. 
But like the monkeys as young men, not the monkeys as they are now. Who I would knows? be way more into it if it was the monkeys. Maybe as they it will are. be. Yeah. I'm going to read the next one just to let you know. That's yeah, an incredible cool. cover, by the way. That's a great cover. Um, very, very good cover. Yeah. Hot dogs on it. Yeah. Great. Um, but uh, yeah, very, very strange book. Again, who is it for? I don't know. Who could possibly say? I'm still reading it, so maybe it's kind of for me. Um, one of my favorite books this week was Ghost Money, um, issue number five of ten. Um, which comes out through Lion Forge, one of our favorite publishers of the year, um, written by Terry Smolderum with art by Dominique Bertale. And this is the incredibly now convoluted uh, mm. story to describe to you um, to about with... Arab money and... Uh, post, post 9-11 money and, laundering stuff. And uh, it's also about like weird technology that's been put into one of the characters. So a team of like American uh, government uh evil guys can yeah. see what see she, she sees. It's also about her romance. It's also about a friend. A friendship. <clears throat> and then it's, it's about, about terrorism. Like it's yeah. Sex, money, imperialism, Dubai, a whole bunch of cool stuff. It's an incredible book. It's yeah. so so great and it and every like this is the opposite of the other European comic we read at yeah, the start. Yeah, yeah, There are no cliches in this because they're dealing with stuff that I've never seen dealt with in other yeah. mediums. Um, it's great. Yeah, and this uh, this book basically dealt with like the bulk of it was about one of the characters uh, um, escaping from a terrorist attack on a, mm-hmm. on, a, on a hotel that she was in, and um, it's it's really really gripping. It really and, is. Um, and I loved that she memorizes the layout of the hotel from a like a digital reading, and then mm. you see her moving through the digital read of the mm-hmm. hotel. Really really cool uh, choice of art in that. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, like the stakes in this comic, in spite of it being such a um, <clears throat> really high concept, weird. Unlike anything you've ever read before, the stakes feel very real, and that's what, what keeps it so captivating. And it feels very like set in our world. It's set slightly in the future, so it's still very recognizable as our our society. Yeah, and this issue was, in, was entirely set in Dubai. Yeah, really, really great. I mean, I can't recommend this enough. <clears throat> but I have to point out one thing. Mm. I collected all the single issues of um, the uh, recent um, Lion Forge series, Jazz Maynard, because I was like, these single issues are as good as single issues get. Mm-hmm. They're on thick paper. Mm-hmm. They look so good. They're mm-hmm. nice thick issues. Man, I love these single issues. And then last week I saw that the trade of the first trade of Jazz Maynard. So I was like, oh, I'll just have a little thumb through this, see how this is. Oh my God, it is a perfect trade. It is on, so like, beautiful. This beautiful, big, oversized hardcover. With rounded corners. Yeah. And then like, yeah, the, the, the art's even bigger than it was in the single issue format. So yeah. now I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you don't need to collect these single issues of these. I still need to read them though, so I have to clear. Um, but yeah, Lion Forge, just whether it's singles or or uh, or trades, they're just putting out great stuff. Yeah, they really are. Super worthwhile. Um, I'll go through a couple of that you didn't read. Yeah, go for One it. One I would definitely really highly recommend. Um, Gumballs by Aaron Nations, issue four. This is sort of like um, short autobio comics with a couple of like small strips and pinups and stuff like that involved by one creator, Aaron Nations. And it's partially to do with their transition. So there's a lot of autobiographical stuff about um, transitioning to, from female to male and sort of everyday stuff that you wouldn't necessarily consider. Like I know the bathroom stuff is a big um, talking point for trans issues, but the, the way that they describe it so intimately is very... Um, very good and very interesting. And for me personally, Erin is someone who suffers really acutely from anxiety. And um, there were a couple of bits in this where I found myself like not enjoying it and finding it quite confronting. And then there's a bit where it was like, did this make you feel uncomfortable? And I was like, it did make me feel uncomfortable. So I like that it makes me confront my own 
biases and stuff like that. So I think it's um it's a really cool one to yeah, read. That's cool. <clears throat> the um <clears throat> I read the first two issues of these, and I, mm. I I think because it was just kind of very strippy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I I wasn't inclined to like you know stick with it. I think if if if, if there was a collection of them, I'd yeah. probably read them all in one hit instead of having little monthly installments. Or sorry, was it quarterly installments? Yeah, but I'm, I'm good, glad to hear that it's still really good. Yeah, it's not like it's not um it's not something that I would normally usually read, and it's not like the most incredible comics of all time. But just as something to give you like a really just one person's lived experience is really valuable to read sometimes. I think, and I I do enjoy it. Yeah. Unreal. Nice. Um, I also read Slam, the yeah, next cool. jam, let's issue talk, four. Let's talk about some boom books. Let's for talk sure. about boom. Um, this was like the final issue of this arc. I right. Think they're just four issue arcs written by Pamela Ribbon, illustrated by Marina Julia, colors by Brittany Pier. Um, and again, this is like, this is one of those ones where you don't really understand why all these people's lives revolve around Derby, roller derby. And it, um, it's mostly, it's got very little to do with the sport itself. It's You're more right. about like the friendships around it, but it's all focused in on like how Derby makes their lives kind of terrible. Yeah. I don't, weird, I really right? don't get it. Yeah. And I love like, I've just picked up the first volume of Slam Dunk, the classic um, basketball manga, which I've never read. Oh, I'm right. Like, cool. I like sports comics and I want to read more of them. And I still quite enjoy this. I quite enjoy the little relationships and romances and stuff that are happening. But um, I think there's better examples of the form. Pick up Fence. Interesting. Yeah, Fence. If it's, if the XU2 comes out next week. This week. Cool. To pick it up. Um, so another boom book that we both read was Grass Kings, issue number 10, uh, written by Matt Kintz and art by Tyler and Hilary Jenkins. So much stuff comes to a head in this issue. Yeah. And this book issue. has been like meandering a little bit for me, and mm. this issue was really satisfying to see. See the plot move along at a, at a, at a good pace. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so basically, it's yeah, the mur- a murder mystery in a small, um, you know, off the grid uh, community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, there's the idea that you kind of escape regular, the regular you know, day-to-day life mm-hmm. of, of, you know, of the rules that come with being part the of America. The mainstream world. Exactly. And you escape, you know, to a, you, you escape everything bad from, from the old world, but it looks that, you know, one of the characters realizes that so much of the old world has been brought to this new yeah. society too. Um, like and, murders. Yeah, mostly murder. Um, and, and lies and intrigue. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought this is a really, really great issue. And, I mean, Tyler Jenkins' uh, sketches are always excellent. And the colours by Hilary Jenkins are exceptional. So good too. And it's good to kind of finally get better fleshing out of the other characters in this world. That, cause Especially I feel like, Maria. Well, all the brothers, I just get them more confused. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, but the but yeah. female characters in this book, I think, are really strong. Definitely agree with you. Um, cool issue of a cool book. Um, we both read books that neither of the other ones didn't. I tried to get Siobhan to read this. I know, but I just forgot. I, I, it's not the most enticing thing to you if you don't, um, uh, if someone hasn't sold you on it yet. So I, I read SpongeBob comics, issue 75. It's the first ever SpongeBob comics ever talked about on the show. Mm. And I picked it up because um, the front cover was by James Kachalka, mm-hmm. um, who uh, did a great run called Superfuckers. But before he's done lots of fun kind of uh, autobiographical. Um, is it American Elf? Is that what American Elf is his diary comics. And then it, like lots of all ages comics as well like peanut butter but peanut butter and jeremy um things that i've loved um growing up some of my first uh kind of comic purchases that i made as a teenager were by kachalka um and uh this is him do like almost an entire issue of spongebob in which um spongebob is like skateboarding and um uh crashes into squidward's cake 
and he's like so it's all written and drawn by by Kachalka, who is like quite good at doing like this very fun absurdism in mm. his comics and mm-hmm. he really brings that to this and the comic is kind of broken up into like little tiny little arcs page to page that have titles and but all all the story it really comes together really well and mm. I, I actually I, I loved this one of my highlights of the week oh cool um, this is like it was almost like a master class in how to do an all ages adventure comic um, and even though like it wasn't necessarily like bang on what Spongebob like sounds like like mm. especially not what he looks like either it's a very different stylized take on Spongebob you still you can recognize him as a you know he's a square with arms and legs Either. but um but uh I just I absolutely adored this uh this story and like I haven't even watched an episode of, of Spongebob Squarepants in like over a decade yeah um you know I feel like once you've seen about 20 maybe even 10 gist. you kind of get it um but this was this was awesome to me like yeah, such, so such, cool. such a great issue um, and then the backup has like all different other indie creators doing kind of comedy comic ca- ca- comedy comics with um, the characters in their own styles. And I really, really enjoyed this one by Charisse Miracle Harper. Cool. Um, which is just like a great name. Yeah. And very, very simple um, drawings. But I, th- I thought that was a really, really cute story too. Yeah. So it's, it's cool to know that like, you know, we, we pr- I feel like we praise Boom all the time for doing great all ages comics. But SpongeBob have been like self-releasing their own. Mm. Um, comics through United Plankton Pictures um, for ages, and and they're great. Yeah, cool. They're, That's I, so I, fun. I, I do, I do like flick through them every time. Um, it's Free Comic Book Day because they always mm. do a really great Free Comic Book Day issue. But uh, yeah, this is this is sick. This awesome. is really really cool. Check, so check cool. it out if you are uh, if if want to read a really funny or ages uh, kind of absurd comic. Seventy five of uh, issue seventy five of SpongeBob. Cool. Um, I also read Out Through Titan Comics issue three of The Fighting American, which is the 1950s superhero brought to present day by evil former communists. I really like this. It's really silly, but it's quite fun. Um, these are characters created by Joe Simon, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Um, never heard of them. Never heard of What happened to those guys? Um, but this is written by Gordon Rennie with art by Duke Mighton and PC De La Fuente. Mm-hmm. They split up the comic beautiful, into halves. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I wanted. Um, <coughs> and it's just really good fun. It's like funny seeing the 1950s heroes dealing with um, present day life and how different the world is. But I also like, like this character has a much weirder origin story than sort of Captain America where he is um, inhabiting the body of his dead brother. Oh, whoa. Yeah, it's really funny. There's a bit where the FBI agent who has been assigned to look after them is like, oh, God, he's on camera. Please don't be saying something weird about your dead brother. And it cuts to him being like, in my the body of my dead brother, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Um, and the, like one thing that's a little bit interesting and it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it I don't know if it's necessarily a great call, is that the villain, last time, there's a character called Kid Chaos, who was like the um, nephew of one of Fighting Americans' chief bad guys, and then he's being helped in the future by this person called Madam Chaos, and we realize that it's the same person and that he's transitioned, and you see him transition over the ages, and so like in the 70s, he starts dressing like Bowie, and then um, in the 80s, he's really like a culture culture club kid and all that sort of stuff, and I don't know if it's necessarily like totally a great call to make a trans person a villain 
at the moment because that's something that happens so frequently. Mm. But I sort of like the character. I think that they've done enough to kind of develop it. I don't know. But it's we'll I think this goes. is a good book. Yeah, cool. It's it's good fun. It's more fun than you'd think given the basic concept. Fighting America now through Titan. Um, I also read... Wow. How have you did this? Yeah, I know. Kid Lobotomy, Out Through Black Crown, which is... I didn't realize, is that an imprint of IDW? Yes, I that's right. I thought it was its own No, no, publisher. it's definitely IDW. Okay. Um, yeah, this is by Peter Milligan with art by Tess Fowler. I really like Tess Fowler, but I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to do a pass on this because... Like Spike... Um, what's his name? Not Spike Milligan. Peter Milligan. <laughs> Imagine Spike, Spike Milligan. Milligan. <laughs> um, Peter Milligan thinks that he's some kind of like punk poet, and all of his like literary references are like naff, real naff. Like this is all about Kafka, but in a really like like I don't know. It's not anyway. I just don't like it. I'm not going to try and don't need to trash it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, not for me. So that's the, the the Black Crown imprint is it's not Karen Berger's imprint. It's no Shelley Bond. Shelley Bond's imprint. Who 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 did that weird? Um, who was the editor of that weird uh, um, anti antibiotics comic that came out? Oh. Was that Karen Berger or Shelley Bond? I can't Bond? remember. I can't remember. I look up Karen Berger antibiotics. Cool. Um, <laughs> the thing that I'm most excited about from Black Crown Comics is Assassinistas. I think that looks really fun, which is the um, Tini <laughs> Howard yep. Gilbert Hernandez book, which is out this this week. Um, I'm on board for that, but the rest of the Black Crown Comics I have not been super impressed cool. by. So, Surgeon X is the comic that we're talking about. Yeah, it's there we go. Very disappointing, overwritten, um, cool idea. Yeah. Bad, um, Bad execution. execution, which is entirely on the editor. Um, that was the, the first thing that Karen Berger did after leaving after leaving um, the DC and Vertigo. But she is not Shelley Bond, who just started up that the Black Crown imprint. But right. um, she has Berger, Karen Berger has her own imprint starting at Dark Horse um, uh, next year called Berger Books. Cool. Um, and she's got the first. The first thing she's putting out is um, a book called by Anthony Bourdain. Um, and she's doing a book between David Ayer and Anne Nascenti, which sounds real cool. Cool. Um, get some great, great looking books coming out through that imprint. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, we're going to be paying attention to both imprints, regardless. It's just a shame. Kid, Le- Kid Lobotomy is the first thing to come out of Black Crown, and it kind of sucks. Yeah. Bummer, dude. Bummer. Huge bummer. Um, so those are all of the uh, reviews that we're going to give you this week, but we're not going to leave you high and dry just yet. We're going to tell you what to look out for this week. Um, here are the comics that are coming out this week that we think you should check out. Um, Assassinistas, the yes. book that you just mentioned, is one of them. The first issue which comes out this week, which is super exciting. Um, I'm excited for Empowered and Sister Spookies, High School Hell, issue one. The Empowered. Empowered in High School. Yes, please. Yep, um, which is the great Dark Horse book uh, written and drawn usually by the creator, whose name is... Adam Warren. You did it. And normally when he does these little mini series that has a different um, new artist on them that he kind of discovers, which is pretty cool. Mm. Um, we get uh, the second kind of volume of the comic book history of comics. Oh, cool. Which I really enjoy. A series if you like look, reading about comic book history but told in the form of a comic book, this is a great thing to pick up. Um, there is a new um, edition of a new, a new arc of the um, Jim Henson Storyteller series. This one is called Fairies coming out through Boom this week. Those are good comics. They're we also really get another fun. issue of Sherlock Frankenstein and Legion of Evil. Yep. Excited for that. Um, we get one last Christmas special from Dark Horse. They're putting out Hellboy Krampusnacht. Amazing. So I guess that translates to the Night of Krampus. I think so. Yeah, fun. It's also a great 
um, Marvel week next week, we get the first issue of Marvel 2-in-1, the Chip Zdarsky book. Yep. And we also get X-Men Grand Design by Ed Pisker, which, which I'm very excited really, about. Which really, really cool. Um, meanwhile, over at um, at Valiant, I mentioned the second issue of Ninja K and Ninjak is coming out. Mm-hmm. We also get the first issue of Quantum and Woody. Oh, great. The series, well, and the comedy series that they put out, which should, should be very cool. Um, Finale-wise, we get the last issue of The Hard Place, um, the Doug Wagner book. Um, oh, yep, 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 cool. Which I really enjoy. Um, and uh, we also get the final issue of um, The Beautiful Death. Oh, we get a headlopper? We get a he- the final issue of Headlopper as well, Great. final of this, of this arc of Headlopper for sure. Um, and um, we mentioned it earlier in the show, but The Trade of Secret Weapons is out next week too. Nice. Um, even though it's not Siobhan's favorite Valiant book, it's mine. It's got no bloodshots in it, so I can't be on board. <laughs> I'm, if, if you want, but for Christmas this year, I'm going to draw a bunch of bloodshots in the Just trade. Just recolor the Siobhan. whole thing as if everyone's a bloodshot? Just put red really. dots on there, everyone's head. Yep, Perfect. Done. Um, so that is the show for this week. Oh, oh, also, the second issue of Fence comes out ah. in Boombox. So check that out too. Cool. Lots of great comics. They never give us a rest. I always think that, you know, oh, it's the end of the year. They're going to take a break. Um, no. And there's like 30 volumes of manga coming out next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, lots, lots of lots of comics coming out next week. So have a great uh, little, hopefully you get a little time off work. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and enjoy whatever holiday it is you choose to celebrate. Hopefully it is a holiday that allows you to get lots of gifts. Yeah. Build and yourself, give lots of gifts. Build yourself a fort and read some comics. Oh, yeah. What would you, what would you build a fort out of? More comics. Okay, That's all cool. I have in my house. Yeah, right. Um, I've been there. That's a lie. Um, <laughs> we got a couch. You got, you got cashews. We do have cashews Always. usually. Delicious. <laughs> um, but uh, over the next couple of weeks, um, I guess for all of January um, and the last week of December, it's our show is going to be a little bit different to usual. Um, we are going to try and give you an episode every single week. Um, next week, for example, will be our best of um, 2017 featuring uh, like different nominees and awards that were voted on by you, dear listener. Um, and then uh, the, the weeks following, we're going to be, we might be a week behind, um, but every Monday we'll, we'll give you an episode of, of some kind of, you know, format of us talking about comics. I'm, I've got some tours. I've got some holidays. Mm. Siobhan's going away for a bit. I've got a little holiday. Um, but we will make sure that the show comes out each week for There'll you. There'll be something for you. There'll be something. Okay. Might be terrible, but it'll be there. That, that's the important thing. <laughs> um, you can find us online, facebook.com slash podcast or join our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash podcast. Discuss all the comics that we talked about on the show and more. And uh, maybe even recommend people uh, some last-minute Christmas gift ideas. Yeah. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Serious underscore underscore Issues or support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. There are two um, graphic novel uh, Patreon bonus episodes that have gone up in the last month, which uh, you can find. Another great thing to do before um, if you want some last-minute Christmas gift ideas, some recommendations mm-hmm. of uh, graphic novels that we've been reading that we really enjoy that we don't get to talk about on the regular show. Costs just a couple bucks, and that gives you access to all of the... Um, bonus episodes that we've put up mm-hmm. and so definitely something that you should do also if you have uh, been paying attention to Patreon they announced a very stupid decision that um, we would as creators we would get more money but you as supporters would pay more money Weird. which was dumb and no creative people actually asked for that mm. um, and so they've they've since rescinded that they're not doing it anymore Woo. so don't worry about it good job for listening thanks Patreon um, and thank you for listening. It's been a great year. Um, it has. Reading. Uh, if someone wants to add up how many comics we've read this year. Um, Don't. Yeah, okay. I'll be sad. Because <laughs> it wasn't enough? Yes. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for listening. And especially if you've uh, told your friends about us. We've, we've seen our numbers grow quite a lot this year. And it's been really fun getting to know all of our listeners, finding out what comics they like and what comics they don't. It has been. Really, really cool. Uh, nice. And thank you, Shimon, 
Thank you, Levins. Have a Merry Christmas. You too. And I'll see you next week on our um, Christmas uh, Best of 2017 episode, which we are definitely recording on Christmas. Yes. And not immediately I have after nothing better stop. to do. <laughs> uh, see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts, one is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.